0: Welcome to the Drunken Fan Podcast, your home for all things DFW sports. Hot takes, wrong opinions, and intros so fucked up we had to start writing them down. As always, I'm the unprepared host, Mal, and I'm joined by the best in the biz, the stone-cold Steve Austin of growing hair, the backbone of the podcast, Cameron. (laughs) Before we get started, I want to remind you to help us out by liking, subscribing, and sharing our podcast. On whatever platform you see fit. You can also follow us on Twitter at DrunkenFan and the number one or you can email us directly at DrunkenQuestions at gmail.com. Okay, Kaka, how's your week been? Nope, we are not making that a thing. We are not... It's already a thing, but It's bud. not... Nope, we are not making
1: this a thing. The only people who get that and why that is my nickname are
0: you and me... And JR. And JR. So half the listeners
1: that we have already get
0: it. We are not making this a thing. It's already been made a thing. Nope. That that nickname is not a podcast nickname. This is you're taking a firm stance on Tom Brady is not going to have a dynasty. It's already happened, bud. It's already a thing. <laughs> <laughs> My week has
1: been interesting. Let's just say that. It's I'm 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 very I am very happy for the Dallas Stars. I am very sad for the Dallas Mavericks and I'm very sad that we once again had to try and re-record an intro. No. We, even whenever we write down the intros we still can't get it right.
0: <laughs> really, it wasn't
1: really it, it was it the was, it was the computer's fault. We'll yeah, blame that. Yeah, blame
0: one. the computer. Not not
1: the user error, definitely the computer's fault for not recording. Yes. So, it's uh it's been an interesting week, so let's go ahead and uh, dive into this week because there's a lot to cover. Like a lot to cover. So, um, we can start off with well, go
0: on. Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Excuse me. Uh, some of you may be listening thinking, what about the furthest away listener? Well, it's Ashburn again. Ashburn brought a friend this week, too. Yeah. Who, Ashburn brought a friend. Ashburn, whoever
1: you are, I wonder if <laughs> the I both wonder, of you. I wonder if at the, the Ashburn listener didn't invite a friend, but we say the word Ashburn so much that the logarithm started
0: to kind of open up the <laughs> podcast a little more about Ashburn, Virginia. <laughs> Uh, like, well, do you think is, that's the is, case? This is it now. We, we've just started an Ashburn, Virginia podcast.
1: Ashburn, you got to send us an email and let us know, man. I'm telling you. like If you're waiting for me to grovel, I think we're probably about a good two, three weeks away from it. So if that's what you're waiting for. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. We'll have pictures. Please, for the love of Christ, let me know who you are. Because it's driving me nuts. I want to know if this is a friend of mine or. I I
0: got to know.
1: I got to know Ashburn. (laughs) Thank you once again. We lost. We lost Germany. Avitasen. Ow, and we have lost our Finnish listeners. I don't know how to say bye in Finnish. I know how to say hi. Hey. Uh, Hey. Hey. Yes, we looked it up, and it was very, very (laughs) underwhelming. much like this podcast very much like this podcast so furthest away listener Ashburn thank you so much We got some Atlanta listeners too if you're yeah. one of our Atlanta listeners thank you so much yes and then once again Nashville did did Nashville tune in this week no oh Nashville you let us down man
0: they're not listening you let us down man <laughs> yeah it doesn't even does this even you know matter what? Yeah, I, I called it though didn't I call it uh, yeah. a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. just lost Nashville yes we did
1: and <laughs> poof he pecorine on pecorined. us he pecorine
0: <laughs> that's why
1: he stopped listening that's why he maybe doesn't want us to give him shit about the Preds it's
0: dude. pecorine dude
1: oh it's, maybe, maybe it, it is, actually yes. is pecorine pecorine's
0: trying to listen to this podcast <laughs> trying to get like the scoop on Dallas Stars they go what are they saying about me <laughs> man these guys are these guys are interesting and he then didn't you expect get m- to get into the game and then you Monkeys,
1: you get monkey stomped that first game, it's like, I ain't listening this week. I am not listening this week. If Nashville started tuning in for this week's episode, they just instantly turned it off because they know where we're heading now.
0: So Yeah. They're like,
1: all right, and then all of this. our Dallas-Fort Worth people, we love you the most. Thank you so much for everyone who tunes in. So you ready to get this ball rolling?
0: Let's do it.
1: All right. You want to start off with the Cowboys? Yeah, let's get weird. Let's get super weird. And yes, let's go ahead and say that too. We are both in a really weird mood this week. And whenever we get weird, things get weird.
0: All right, so... just <laughs> all, right, yeah, all right, all right. All right, <laughs> so... So it's, it's ironically the, the name of the podcast is The Drunken Podcast. We're both sober now. It's I'm great. over six months. You're over uh, two or three months. Two... Yeah. yeah, so over two. So if you're th- sitting here thinking, well, of course they're acting weird. This is the drunken fan. They're drunk.
1: No, no, we're drunk. Well, we're, it's the is, drunken fan all. without the drunk. Like, this it is doesn't all get, me, baby. It doesn't get weirder than this. So let's <laughs> let's go ahead and dive into this shit. As, so
0: as our friend Stephen used to say, people look at us and say, "Them fuckers don't need alcohol." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh
1: man, this is gonna be great. Yep. All right. So Dallas Cowboys. So. You want to just kind of just dive into? I think that since Aaron Rodgers has said that, that his is, his time future and, is uncertain, I think future, there are going to be
0: people who are going to call for Aaron Rodgers to Dallas. And see, I think that that would be something that you have to consider that
1: he only said that after an emotional loss. I honestly truly believe that Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. I don't know why he would want to leave because this t- the team in Green Bay is trending in the right direction. Yeah. Two back-to-back but, NFC championship but games. Is he? Well, and see that's the other thing too is that I like if it, if we back, were if back we were to just back NFC
0: Championship games, but no back Super to back, Bowls. yeah, one
1: last no, year no Super Bowl Yeah, Last year he just got absolutely eliminated, and then this year I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I think that for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he has lost a playoff game because of his decisions. It's not like he throws a Hail Mary at the end of the game, forces an overtime, but then never gets to touch the ball because the defense goes down and kicks a field goal and ends the game. Or uh, whenever they change the rule to give Aaron Rodgers a shot at owning, uh, at possessing the ball, the defense yeah. goes down, scores a touchdown. It's just insane like how unlucky this man has been. This is the first time I truly believe that the loss – he has a full share of the blame. Not completely, but for the first time, you can look at it and say, Aaron Rodgers made some questionable decisions, made some questionable throws. And yeah. that's where I'm thinking what you just said, that he is on the downward trend. And I honestly— How old is he, 36? 37. 37? Yeah, 37. And he— so, and, uh, Yeah, and I mean, I'm telling you, not everyone is Brett Favre. Not everyone is Tom Brady. Not, not everyone, everyone is, is Peyton Manning. Like, people or, just— uh uh— I just Drew Brees. Yep, Drew Brees. Not everyone can play at such an elite so, level. So I'm mean, are saying at, he's more like Vinny Testaverde. Dude, I'm, I I. wouldn't say he's like Vinny Testaverdi, but I'm <laughs> saying that he's starting to kind of go the route of Tony Romo, I think. I think that he's still there mentally, but his body physically is not able to, to compete anymore. And I, I'm not saying that he's going to take this drastic fall from grace, because let's not forget... Forty eight touchdowns this year and I know. only five picks. I know. Like Oof. it's it's one of those things where during the regular season he was great. You look at every loss that the Packers had, and I there's there's a point to this. I'm not going into this, but if you look at all three losses that the Packers had, there was always something Kooky about it, like every loss could be explained. It wasn't like one of those things where you look at it and you go, "Oh well, Minnesota just falling apart." Minnesota just overpowered the Packers. No, it was windy that day, and that means that Aaron Rodgers wasn't throwing, and Case Keenum wasn't throwing. You know, he just yeah, ate popcorn. Just, I knew I shouldn't have had that popcorn. <laughs> right. So. so I say all that to I say all that to kind of get back on the Cowboys here. That's it's, why you idiots sit a, down and shut up. It's not a clear upgrade. I would I would say that I if I were to start a team right now and with everyone at their current age including Tom Brady, mm-hmm. including Tom Brady, if I were to start a team, I would probably pick Dak Prescott over any quarterback in the league right really? now. Maybe maybe not maybe not over Deshaun, Mahone, Deshaun Watson. D- Deshaun Watson right now just seen. I understand that his complaints are valid just, with the you, Houston you organization, just got but shy about it. Uh, it seems like that Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott handles situations a little bit better like that because uh, Dak Prescott doesn't has have every this, reason to complain about how the yeah, Cowboys organization yeah. has treated him. Yeah, he especially now
0: have, he doesn't quite have the same on-field production as as uh, Deshaun Watson has had over the same span, but up to this point you know they they'd kind of handled everything about the same but it looks like Dak Prescott is going to continue to be the professional I think so like, and I th- even I, even to the point where anybody in the world is looking at it and go no you have a leg to stand on you have the right to complain you can complain there's nothing wrong with what Deshaun Watson is doing not at all but Dak Prescott is showing like I'm a guy who is 100 percent about the team, regardless of how it affects me personally. And I think I think that people can get behind that. So maybe yeah. maybe
1: Justin Herbert and uh Herbert. Bobby A. Bear. Uh, and or <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. H E B E R T. H E R B E R T. No A. Uh a bear it's a fun name to pronounce say it a bear anyway uh so Justin <laughs> maybe justin herbert and patrick mahomes and then dak prescott would be third really yes absolutely because i think that dak prescott's window is a lot i think if you were to take aaron Rodgers and put him on the dallas cowboys right now it's just going to be like it was when after the packers won their super bowl from 2011 whenever they had that whenever they went 15 and one didn't win a playoff game that year and then every year after that they 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 missed playoffs several times. Granted, Aaron Rodgers' injuries and stuff kind of plays that. But there, there was one season where no real big injuries to Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and they still missed the playoffs. So you know what the formula is like with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers together. Not good. It is not a good <clears throat> chemistry. It is just best to just dismiss that thought. Not that I think that Jerry Jones would even consider it. I don't think so. Maybe if this was Aaron Rodgers five years ago,
0: yeah, what probably. I, what what concerns me is that Jerry Jones is going to use the fact that Matt Stafford, although Stafford, you'd have to trade to get him.
1: Yeah, but but Detroit's uh, already said that they want to trade. Oh yeah, they, and you they, know what would be included in that? Dak Prescott. Yeah, like you would have to include Dak yeah. Prescott, and there, no way. No
0: way. Even though that he but is a hometown I, kid, I I know. But what I'm saying is, I think da- I think Jerry's going to turn around and use that as a bargaining chip because Jerry's already even said, you know, after that season, Dak Prescott has the upper hand in negotiations. Yeah. Well, the ca- the the quarterback market may have just shifted that slightly in Jerry Jones' favor. Yeah, I and, think so. And I mean, I can't say that I blame him necessarily, but at the same time, I'm like, dude. Dak. this is why an owner should not be a general manager yeah. i know
1: that we say this all the time yeah. but uh, but of course jerry jones would think that he should think that as the owner as the owner but a general, manager, general cannot, manager cannot yeah the general manager cannot yeah. look at it in the way that an owner does like right, you just right. cannot you just cannot do this and hopefully we're wrong hopefully jerry jones isn't even considering this but i i just know that i've seen it online and all this stuff and all the people not mm-hmm. calling for it for but yes. people like going Maybe, maybe, you know, so if you're, if you're one of those people that wants Aaron Rodgers, he's either staying in green Bay or he's he's going going to San San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, that's it. And Matt Stafford is going to be a Patriot. Call it Matt Stafford. Even if Matt Stafford was like, I want to come to the Cowboys. No way. No way. Unless Dak Prescott tells Jerry Jones to go fuck himself, which he won't. But unless Dak Prescott says, I'm not staying, go get someone else. Mm hmm. Then that at that point I would be looking maybe at Matt Stafford, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo if Aaron Rodgers is going to be moving. But <sighs> that's why I said maybe. Like yeah. I don't know who else you would want that that would even come close to sniffing D- Dak Prescott's fucking jock. And so I like I, like that's why it doesn't matter what happens. You've got to get Dak Prescott a deal. Can the Cowboys technically franchise tag him again? Yes, they can. Yeah. If they do, though, oh man, that's just going to be the biggest skid mark on jerry jones and he is a businessman that is good at business and he understands what he has to do in order to protect his image yeah and what he has to do to protect his image is to extend Dak prescott a lengthy extension a lot of money kind of extension and and i i like i don't see this going anywhere other than that
0: show me the money I don't know why that one sounded so weird. Yeah, that one was like Tom...
1: That was Over Tom here. Green. That was like Tom Green doing Tom Cruise's job and Jerry Maguire. Yeah. We Just swapping out money. A, swapping out a Tom for a Tom. Yeah, I accidentally left unlocked. Today, Today I need my cheese. <laughs> so... I, that's, that's just like a weird little thing that that's been going out there. I'm telling you, dude, this is just going to be off the rails weird. It's going to be great. Everyone buckle up. You see those dead bushes? I, I planted, planted those. those. Go see Ceiling Harvard. That movie is so it's funny. So it's so, so stupid. stupid, but it's not your typical Tom Green stupid. It's, right. it's not Freddy Got Fingered. I promise. It's just, it's, it's Tom Green, Jason Lee, and uh, uh, Leslie Mann. Yes. Yes. Before Leslie Mann was Leslie Mann. And Dennis Farina. And Dennis Farina. Absolutely, dude. It's rest in peace. Oh, man. So it's just the whole thing.
0: Good. Because if you had, you were going to be walking around with your balls in a fanny pack. I was going to have a nice day. I was going to kick
1: your nuts up in your skull and let them rattle around like Like dice in a Yahtzee Yahtzee cup. So great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
0: going to have sex on my desk. I know it's a lot of money, sir, but it's It's a a lot lot of chair. chair. Go see
1: that movie. It's uh, fun. not go see it, but you, find a way to watch it. It's funny. Yeah, it's yeah. an hour and twenty minutes of your day. You're not gonna miss anything. It's just, it's just funny. So, from oh, anyway.
0: Mister Biscuits. Oh yeah, Megan Mullally's <laughs> yes. in it too. Yeah, about that's that. right. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God,
1: dude, so many. Yeah. And uh, Ron Swanson is in it yeah. for a little bit. Nick, Nick Offerman. Offerman yeah, excuse he, me. He, yeah, he he plays one of the people. <laughs> he goes, hey, he, he plays one of the people that that <laughs> Megan Mullally has a threesome with in yeah. the back of her trailer. Yeah. <laughs> oh man this is funny so yeah uh really i don't have anything else on the cowboys here's a crazy do you have anything else before i kind of say something Um, crazy that happened say something crazy something crazy something like a sissy boy (laughs) Did you know that Tony Romo picked this Super Bowl Yeah, in November? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things he's, where if you look dude, at it...
0: football's Nostradamus. Well, see, here's the thing. If you... Romo-domus. I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll allow it. I,
1: yeah. like, I br- you heard it was, here first. I was briefly ashamed and then came back to Earth and went, no, yeah, that's pretty good. Hashtag Romo-domus. Hashtag Romo-domus. Hashtag yep... Ha-ha, <laughs> seven U's. Seven anyway, U's. ahead. And so whenever... Uh, uh, it, I mean, that's one of those things that if you were to... In November, if someone were to say, I think that the Chiefs and the Bucks were to be in the Super Bowl, I don't think anyone would look at that and be like, what? What? The audacity not, of that It's pick. not as
0: impressive as if Nostradamus had actually... You know what I mean? If he had actually said in 2020... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, yes, right. And, <laughs> and the, the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs would be in the Super playing Bowl. Super Bowl. People would look at them People be like, "What? What was that? What were those words?" Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's. That's just what language was that? Gibberish. English. Never heard of no what is
1: what the hell is that so but it's just still it's just still crazy though it, it, like even so because I've been saying this whole time that it was going to be the Packers and the Chiefs and once again, that's not so much of a stretch. you pick no. the two number one seeds in the playoffs I just I, that's just really what I thought was going to happen. so it's easy to guess the obvious and be wrong yeah. so it's still impressive that Tony Romo got this right back in November it, yeah. he just really he just he really is a football guru but, man
0: yeah, yeah, I mean yeah.
1: Yeah. So that just that was just impressive. And that's that's that really is all I have on the Cowboys. I don't know if there's anything else that we can really kind of talk about. I like we can kind of go into offseason stuff. I wanna see what happens in the Super Bowl first before we start talking about like free agents because it's always the same thing every fucking Super Bowl. Whenever someone wins, the team just goes. And all the UFAs just go everywhere else. Hardly anyone stays with the same team anymore because they go out. They 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 earn big contracts for teams trying to win a Super Bowl. The team that just won the Super Bowl just won the Super Bowl, so they don't have to throw out all this money at free agents to try and win. Yeah. So it's just it makes sense why it happens. I'm not sitting there saying it's ruining the game, but it's just what happens. And yeah. so, depending on who wins the Super Bowl, is really going to depend on who I think the Cowboys are going to target in free agency and uh, and where they go like at least like little pieces i'm not talking about it as a whole but it's just going to depend on who's available from the chiefs who's available from the bucks and we can go from there and then just the pieces can kind of fall into place so the,
0: the beefs and chucks we can
1: <laughs> you just ruined it man
0: <laughs> you just ruined it man like you had
1: a good one you always take it one step too far always one step your too far your
0: penis is enormous <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's people who are like what the fuck? <laughs> One thing you didn't see is I just pulled down my pants while I was saying that and so he was just complimenting me and I had a magnifying glass. Yes he did. Yes he did. Sweet burn. So Yeah. So we'll see. We can kind of dive into free agencies a little bit just we just got to get yeah, through these next 2 yeah, weeks. Yeah, what you, Yeah. But see, but that's yeah. the thing that's different about this <laughs> podcast is that Any other radio station that you listen to, they're already going to be everything is just like who's going to be the backup center for the Cowboys next season, and we need to know because the offensive line and whatever, and that's all year long. Yeah, the Cowboys will get their time. Yeah, let's move on to some other teams like the Rangers. All right, let's do it. So No, that's, that's it. Was, yeah, it's that okay. The All right. That's the Rangers. Yeah. No, yeah. They, they so, signed what's...
0: somebody to a minor league contract. And
1: Yeah, I mean, that was... That, like seriously nothing. They signed Hunter Wood to yeah. a minor league contract. Yeah. And Hunter Wood is... Uh... <laughs> it says, and his amazing flow. Yeah, look at that hair. Yeah, he's got some hair yeah, on. Yeah, dude, that guy's... Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. He's got an invitation to spring training, which we can say that... I, I did see an article today that said that spring training is still scheduled to start... Middle of February. Middle of February, just like always. But, I mean, so does that mean that the pitchers and catchers are going to report on the
0: first? In that, whenever it usually happens, is that the pitchers and the catchers report on the first? Uh, Yeah, actually, it does normally happen that way. I bet you what it is, is the pitchers and catchers will report in the middle of February.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably how it's...
0: <clears throat> well, I, I, but see, I just...
1: I don't know how this is working and with uh, with all this COVID, but I just don't see how, like, pushing that back a couple of weeks is going to make that big of a difference. I mean, I don't
0: either, but, you know, it's not my decision to make. No. But. 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 uh, Yeah, well, no,
1: I mean, if that's the case, then it's a week from today. Whenever they start. So we'll I mean, we'll really know by the time we record next week. But yep. nothing nothing said that pitchers and catchers report on February first. The only thing that I saw that said that spring training is scheduled to start mid February. So gotcha. that would that
0: would have to mean that the pitchers and catchers are gonna show up first. Because technically that is when spring training starts. Because they yeah. they started off. It's not when games start. It's yeah. when Pitchers and catchers show up and start, start and doing April
1: April first is the targeted start date of the season. Yeah, so that's still pretty normal. Yeah, so I like it's I, I don't know because see we started off this whole that we started off this as soon as the season ended, saying we don't know and now we know, but we don't know. Like it's still like there's still a lot <laughs> of questions that are left unanswered. But it, but things are starting to the wheels are in motion here at the very least you know we're 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 at least getting there so all of our baseball fans just
0: it signals jerry It signals patience
1: i promise we're getting there because i'm ready for baseball too like it's one of those things we didn't get enough of it this last time and it's like usually you get 160 games in a season you're just like ugh, like this is still going on but now you kind of realize it's just like man like we're we we haven't gotten our baseball fix yet and it'll be fun to watch the Rangers just for the simple fact of, I think that there are no expectations for this season with, except for seeing how well they play. Right. The I, And I think it's going to be looking more so as like the individual players and not the team. So yeah. that's that's going to be yeah. different about this season. Yeah.
0: it's The Rangers have been trying to be in win-now mode for a while now, so a lot of the fan base is going to have to get used to, for the first time in honestly a decade, Rangers aren't really looking to win now. They're not really looking to compete. What they're looking to do is evaluate talent and grow and get better
1: yeah compete with compete within the organization yes. Yes. which which will be pretty great because I think that whenever the Rangers were really at their height like and no one was competing with anyone like that is like the ultimate team chemistry yeah and I get that but this will be like a different kind of team chemistry but, I think I mean,
0: you also look at what made those teams great not just in 2010 or 2011 but all the way up until about 2016 when they started to fall off. Uh, because they were right there in it every year up until that point. It's just you know really hard to make a deep playoff run in baseball. I mean, I know the Dodgers make it look easy, but they're the Dodgers. They spend a lot of money to do that. But <clears throat>
1: must be fucking at, nice. It must be
0: fucking nice. Anyway, you look at those teams, and there was always somebody would go down, and then you'd have somebody step in, and very minimal drop in production. So they always had a farm system that was like. Ready to go, and part of that is because they had spent the years prior getting everybody ready to go. and And if you have everybody ready to compete, what people don't realize is that your your service contract. Like, if you never make it into the big leagues, you are with that organization until they decide to trade you or not re-sign you. And that's that's how it works. So if you your major league time only st- like you're 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 your, your, you can only be a free agent if you reach six years of Major League service time, right? So if you have seven years in the minor leagues because you couldn't beat out Elvis Andrews, but now Elvis Andrews gets hurt, you're going to get called up. And that whole time, you're probably getting better, you know? And if they're not going to trade you, then there's not that big of a drop-off. <clears throat> and then when Elvis Andrews comes back, you get sent back down and people go, who's Herman Duran? And you're like, well, I don't know. But anyway, that's part of what made these team, those teams so great is because they had that competition and they had those people that were really competing for those spots and then you know whoever won out they had their backup like right there who had grown along with them you know so anyway <clears throat> that's all that's all I'm saying about that no no
1: no that's great I, uh, I, I, so this so this will just this will definitely be different and i think right now what the one thing that everyone i don't care where you live what team you like Man, woman, child, whatever. The one thing everyone is looking for right now. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, I was clear right belly up button. with your belly button, man. Like you didn't even try and hide it like over your shirt. You lifted <laughs> you lifted your shirt and put your finger in your belly button right in front of me. <laughs> oh, I no. forgot what I was saying. Oh, um, the one thing that everyone is looking
0: for I can't hear anything. Hang on. The one oh, I can yeah. Keep talking. Okay. The one thing that
1: everyone is looking for is just to be different something different is just going to be nice. And I think that this Rangers team is going to be a nice little pleasant surprise of different just because there's no chance that there are going to be any high ceilings for this team. If they're bad, we expect them to be bad and we just needed to kind of see where we we just we just need to see where the team is and evaluate again in the offseason. Yeah. If they do really yeah. well, then this is just going to just shatter all expectations and we can kind of just sit back and enjoy this ride with zero pressure behind it. Even if they uh, make the even if they make the playoffs. I mean, of course there's pressure, but I'm talking about there's pressure as like an individual. I think not, uh, not, not as a team. It's yeah. just a different kind. Do you? Get, does that make sense? What I'm saying here? I don't. Yeah, th-
0: yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. I, th- <clears throat> I, I think I kind of tend to disagree. If they, if they over or outperform our expectations this year, then the expectations are going to be high next year. And That's I don't what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about next year. I, I'm just purely know, talking about I know, this I year. know. I know. I'm just saying even getting more production than we're expecting out of these guys can be a bad thing. I mean, look at what happened with the University of Texas in their 2018 season. Everybody expected them to get mud stomped by Georgia and they come out and they turn around and handle Georgia and Sam Ellinger's like, we're back! And everybody the next year, people are like, oh, they're gonna finish in the top 10. And wah, wah, you know 7 and 5.
1: See, I think I think with college football, though, it's like you know what team you're going going to be getting within, like just because you go out and you recruit these high top players, and so the, like you're you instantly expect them to be great whenever they get here.
0: I mean, I know, but with well, this, I, thats all I'm saying—is that's that's not a perfect example. It's not I, like I a, see a one-one comparison. I, I, think think I think I would take that.
1: I would. I would <clears> love <throat> to have high expectations going into next season, but I also think that. At the very least, I think you and I can look at it and say, we have to remember that last year was super weird because of yeah. the COVID. Yeah. Odds are we're probably still going to be dealing with this COVID thing at least for the rest of the year, yeah. and then go from there. But but at least we can kind of look at it and say, yes, they did great. They outperformed all of our expectations. Can they do it again? Yeah. And it, and I, I, that's, that's how I at least – see myself looking at the season if that were to happen and once that the bridge
0: that i would love to have to cross whenever we get there i my thing is i think that if you if you're a rangers fan and you have expectations even if you're expecting them to even be over 500 in the next two years you're gonna be disappointed yeah, and I don't, I don't think, I don't know why anyone but, would uh, expect it, that. Like, I, I'm it, sure there are people I'll out there that do, yeah. but, but, but yeah, it's <laughs> there's no reason to, and I'm not expecting that. But I know, I'm just saying, like, you, no matter how this season goes, don't get your hopes up that this rebuild isn't going to take at least three years. Don't think, oh yeah, we've got this great farm system and all these great young players, and we're going to be good next year. No, like, San Diego is loaded with young talent. And they've been loaded with young talent for three years. And it's taking that long for them to really gel. So yeah,
1: and I' and, and that's okay. and that's that's why I'm saying. just purely talking about this season. it's just gonna be great to yeah. just see a different side of baseball. Just yeah. once anything different. it's just great. And we're gonna get it with the Rangers, so I'm excited yeah. for this season.
0: By the way, I am putting the call in. San Diego is gonna win the World Series this year.
1: Ooh, all right.
0: I don't have a call. Yeah, so all right. <clears throat> um, anything else on the Rangers? No, but let's go into the trivia. So kind of dovetailing from baseball. Uh and before I get to the actual trivia question, the the sad news is that all time great. Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. Hank Aaron died this past week at 86 years old. He was the all-time home runs leader for 33 years. Still is in my book. Well, yeah, I mean. No asterisk. Sure. (laughs) But it's just, I mean, even bringing that up, it just brings up the stark comparison between... Who Hank Aaron was as a person to, you know, who, who broke his record, why Barry Bonds is so hated is because of how amazing Hank Aaron was as a person, not just as a professional athlete, but as a person. I saw an interview that he did recently where he said, you know, hey, I, I realized that I was so great at baseball, but, you know, uh, my point in life has been to try to bring joy to people and and try to make people better through bringing them some some amount of joy. And it's like you you hear that and you're like, "Man, that's incredible." Like to even have that thought process when you've literally you literally broke a Babe Ruth record. That's incredible. So yeah. I w- I could go on. I'm not going to, but uh that one hit me hard. That one hit me hard as a as a baseball fan as a you know braves fan or the uh, braves are my second favorite team you know that one that one that one got me so yeah it it doesn't matter how old someone is
1: it's just never
0: yeah i mean expected not expected
1: yeah. it's it just still sucks whenever that the, whenever that time finally one, arrives.
0: Of, one of the last living links to the true golden age of baseball is gone now and like that's crazy <clears throat> so anyway it's, yeah, and it's just crazy,
1: just because. Like we look back on Babe Ruth, he's always been dead. Like 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 yeah, our whole I lives, I can, he's I can, always I've, been dead.
0: I, I can never remember a time. I cannot remember a time when Babe Ruth was alive. We, and I mean the, the, because he, 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 he was he was dead for like forty. 41 years when I was born so.
1: yeah so it's just one of those things where like Babe Ruth's death we're like oh yeah like it's always and it's it's weird to sit there and talk about like yeah I mean people die like and of course yeah. they do but just still like our whole lives we've looked up to these people and they're super revered whether you liked baseball or not odds yeah. are even if you didn't like baseball you knew who fucking Hank Aaron was Hank Aaron was yeah, yeah most likely so and, and so that's why it's just so weird that such an iconic figure is now no longer on this earth just just because we we hold people like that to such high standards, they're pretty much immortal. Yeah, in in our eyes, and whenever it, it finally comes down to it, and Father Time wins, yeah, it's, the battle it's, every time it just it just sucks. So,
0: yeah, but not to not to spiral off and have a depressing conversation. It's just you know that's uh, that inspired this week's trivia question. So. This week's trivia question is so we all know or maybe we don't all know, but at sitting right now at number 2 all time in the home run column is Hank Aaron with 755 major league home runs. Recently, as in this summer, baseball decided that it will go back and look at some of the Negro League statistics and count them toward some people's major league statistics. If they played, you know, in both Hank Aaron played one season for the Indianapolis Clowns in the Negro League Baseball. If his home runs from that season are added to his total, what would that bring his total to? Can I ask a follow up question to it or do I not get one? Sure. Do we do you know
1: off the top of your head how many games were in a typical Negro League season?
0: He, uh, I think he played like fifty-four games out of a total of fifty-four. Do you think?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And see, to me, I just think that it's just ridiculous how it's like if you played both, then they're going to combine the two. I think that I it think sh- it should be yeah. I, I think, think it should, it be should just as, be yeah. Integrated into Major League Baseball, all of it, and it, it it's it's crazy that in the year 2020, not to go on another political rant here, I promise not the the wheels won't fall off too far here. I don't think what I'm about to say is too shocking to either side of the aisle here, but I just think it's just crazy that in 2021 we still call it the Negro Leagues.
0: Well, I mean that's what that's I know I know I know, th- I, know I know that that's what
1: the actual name was, but what if they used a different N word? for the like if they didn't oh, call yeah. it that, oh like, yeah like no, i'm no. just i'm just telling you like it, it's just like one step up from that it's like the clean version the edited version of that word and you had to sit there and call it the negro league because like oh well we can't call it like the 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 white people league you know and all that stuff yeah. so i yeah. i just i just think it's ridiculous that in 2021 we still call it the negro league it should just be baseball I, it yeah. should just I, be baseball. Yeah, I agree. And I I think cuz they were professionals. Yeah. It was all black people that were prof- but they were the professionals for their race. Yes. That's still major league baseball. And so I, I just so, th- yeah. I just think that the fact that we call it the negro leagues is just completely baffling to me. Yeah. And I just I would like to see it just all just kind of integrated together. Not just if you played in the majors then we'll include your right. your, your stats cuz then yeah. why don't we just include Ichiro's stats from Japan? Right. If we did, then Ichiro would be it would have would have beaten Pete Rose right for the all time hits lead. So I don't I don't know. I just I just wanted to give you time to kind of look that up.
0: Uh, twenty six games. Games. That's it. Yeah. Fuck. That's that's how many he played. I, I don't know. Oh, how that's how many this- he played. Yeah. I don't okay. know how long the season was. So. Oh, okay. Okay. So seven hundred fifty five <clears throat>
1: plus whatever he made. Yes. And then that's okay. And so that's the answer. All right. Or how about this? Yeah, I'm not gonna take a how guess. About, how, about the,
0: how about this? Would he have the all-time record? And oh, then bonus points for getting the actual number. So okay, okay, that's the. So the answer. Question. So it's a condition. yes or no question. Yes, and then a bonus if yes. I can guess what. Yes. Okay, because you did that last time.
1: You got them yes. both right. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So let's see if I can go two for two in this motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> All right. So here's here is a fun little. Nugget, a little saprice, if you will, for all of my FC Dallas fans. We are gonna have ourselves a pure soccer minute here. It's not gonna not gonna talk too much about it. It was just announced that the it was announced today, actually, on January twenty fifth that the MLS season is scheduled to kick off. On April third, which is April
0: third, which
1: is several months after whenever it typically usually the MLS season starts at the end of February. Yeah, and uh, the playoffs are scheduled to begin around November. Which I mean, that's that's about right. They're just they're doing a, a shortened season this year. For I mean, for all the obvious reasons, we're all hoping everyone hockey, soccer, baseball basketball football we're all hoping that at the end of these upcoming seasons that everything will kind of be back to normal so like maybe going into 2022 and those seasons things will start to be better so hopefully that that's the case so it's looking like that MLS is planning for that too and so it's the season's going to be starting later but it's going to be ending around the same time that it normally would have so April third, guys. We will be back to doing soccer minutes, and uh, at least up until the playoffs start, I'm gonna try and keep them like pure soccer minutes. But uh, it's for all my FC Dallas fans out there. We have a start date. Unlike fucking baseball, that has not told us jack shit. Uh, MLS is com- is is communicating with us. So April third. Uh, th- no no games have been announced. That's just whenever it'll start. I'm sure FC Dallas will probably be like the fourth or the fifth. They won't be a part of the opening night rosters for the for the game slated for that day or whatever but as we learn more you will learn more from us so stay tuned and we'll uh we'll be getting ready to rock and roll back into some mls
0: mal you gonna watch on april 3rd uh not if baseball's going on yeah okay yeah i figured yeah all right so that's it soccer minute it's good to have you back it's old times. Yeah, we're starting over from scratch from trying to get me to be a soccer fan.
1: Yeah, I know. And see, like, we got him there, we got one yes, and now he's all the way back down at the bottom, well, and now we got well, we to start trying to pull the, him out of the, the ditch.
0: One, the one that I agreed to watch ended up not even being Dallas. I yeah, like, I know. That was so but,
1: funny, because you said yes, and then like, I was like, whoa, is, all
0: right, you're going to watch something is, that's not
1: FC Dallas. What is this? And then you put it on, you went, uh, dude? It's like, yeah, I
0: know. That, 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 that. And it didn't even
1: work anyway. Like your TV, your TV didn't even it didn't even play the game. Like it kept freezing. It's because
0: the AT and T TV app on Fire Stick doesn't work. It's I don't know what it is. Weird. Yeah, it freezes like crazy. And I there's a whole there's a whole backstory, but there's not really anything I can do about it. All right. Well, I will let you
1: decide this one. Where we go next? Do you want to talk Mavericks or do you
0: want to talk Stars next? Let's end on a high note. So let's start Mavericks. All right. What can I say about this team that
1: just, quite frankly, hasn't been said already? I guess like it's with with the with the with the last four games I, we were talking about while we were recording last time how the Mavericks were the Mavs were going to lose to Toronto, which they did, and my God, dude, how bad! How bad is Toronto? Like it's just they—they are—they are ninth in the East, which is technically better. But whenever the Mavs played them, they were like thirteenth in the East, and so now—and now Toronto actually, looking back on them, it's—they started off super poorly, but they've actually poorly, poorly, but they actually won uh, three games in a row whenever it uh, whenever they beat the Mavericks. And then as of today, November, uh, November, uh, (laughs) January 25th, I don't know if I'm living backwards or if I'm trying to get forward. I don't know where my brain went there. But as of. Why not both? Why not both? Uh, November 25th, might be, uh, I just, I did it again, January 25th, they are, they have won five of their last six games, so maybe this Toronto team is starting to kind of figure it out, and maybe at the end of the year, this Toronto loss won't look so bad, but what did look bad was, uh, uh was Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm sorry. I don't know why I gapped that. He went 0 for 12 from the floor and didn't have a single point. Yikes. Here's a a fun fact. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s dad actually owns the record for most shot attempts with zero points made in an NBA game for the Warriors with 18. Whoa. With 18 shots that did not go in. Yes, right. Thank you so much. Yes, (laughs) we both looked at each other and just did it at the same time. That I mean that's that's crazy. Like and that that's that quite that might be a record that'll never be broken. Not in the NBA. You're talking about like dunks and layups and all this shit. And yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. could not fucking throw it into the water from the pier, man. And you don't what it's looking like right now, because I know that we talked about last week and I said that what I was going to do was have a list of free agents like a list of the top three free agents
0: oh yeah 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 yeah, i was getting ready
1: to do that but then after this loss to chicago what i think or not chicago well yeah to chicago but uh but after this loss to houston this past saturday where they got thumped 133 to 108 i don't think that the big thing here is, is that it's not that they're missing a piece that they don't already have. Because if you look at the two games that they won this week cuz I don't want to forget about this. Indiana, a really good Indiana team uh 124 to 112 and then a really good <clears throat> Spurs team that actually played really well. Uh LaMarcus Aldridge had uh had a game himself. Uh for uh, during this one and then the Spurs kind of had like a little uh they had a push there at the end of the game and the Mavs did a really good job of holding them off. And once again, another really good Spurs team, and they're still all out of the. Uh, are you looking at the score right now? Yeah, yeah ju- I know. I, I know. just got it. Yeah, I know. Good timing. Yeah, talking about the Mavs. Yeah, I know. We'll get we'll get into future <sighs> games here in a second. So the Mavs show that they can compete with teams in this league. The problem is, is that right now the Mavs are in just such a uh, unique situation where they try, they start slow. They start two and four. S- strictly because Luka Doncic starts off super slow. So for whatever re- whatever the reason was he shows up not in game shape, he shows up not uh, able to make his shots, he shows up uh, frustrated at the beginning of the year as he should. But see now here's the problem. Is after the Houston game because the the problem against uh the problem against the the problem against the Raptors was is that Luka Doncic took uh or no not not against the Raptors I'm sorry. The problem against the Bulls last week was Chicago. Luka, was Luka took the blame and said that he was being selfish and he was trying to be superman and he wasn't passing his teammates open and stuff like that and that's kind of stuff that you want to see but now because going into the toronto game now he's not taking the shots that he should well it's it's not even that it's he's not getting the shots because everyone else has fucking covid you can't rely on willie collie stein you Mm -hmm. can't man like you want to talk about a guy that's got bricks for hands he can't catch shit and willie collie stein actually does not he is like 17 for 24 on dunks this season Ugh. He has missed fucking it's eight dunks. He has missed it's it's something like that. I don't I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but Willie Cauley Stein is just not this guy. I think the only reason why they bring him back this last offseason is just purely because they were hoping that he would just be like a really good third big man. Yeah, and they weren't really expecting maybe to use him, maybe to use him as like a shooting post on the outside that runs the baseline or something and not necessarily like putting him in the actual post as the number five spot but then you get riddled with covid and then now uh christos porzingis had to sit out because injury maintenance on his knee and he's missing the game again tonight so now not only like the mavs started the season without kp and a slow luka Doncic, but everyone else came ready to play now what's going on is is that Nobody that they have right now can fill the shoes of Maxi Kleba, who, as a post player, not too good, but he can shoot from the outside. Um, And Josh Richardson is out because of COVID reasons, and we all know what he brings to the table whenever it comes to defense, and I know that there's more to the game than defense, but... I mean, you give up 133 points to a Houston Rockets team that did not have Oladipo playing and was recent, recently got rid of James Harden, and it's just like you're looking at it going, how do you give up 133 points to this team? Well, it's because no one else is ready to play. They, they're, The Mavs' depth is such a problem. And right after the Houston Rockets game, because uh, Luka only shot the ball 11 times against uh, against Houston. And they were asking him about it. Why didn't you shoot so much? And he said, well, it's hard to get the shots that you want whenever you drive the lane and you see four people guarding you. Yeah. Because pretty much what everyone is doing now with the Mavs is that they're making Luka Doncic beat them. And he doesn't have the cast around him to do it. And so I'm just pretty much just echo- echoing my frustration from last week where this team has not gotten a good chance to get going. And I'm not trying to sit there and say, woe is us and the poor, pitiful Mavs. But I kind of am just saying like it just sucks because this team just has the worst luck and so here's what I'm hoping is since there's still a lot of season left to play once people start to kind of come back, I'm hoping and praying that this team will be able to figure it out because there they do show glimpses of greatness like especially that game against uh Indiana yeah. I know that the Spurs game that they they, they did end up winning. They kind of gave up the lead there at the end, but that Indiana game, the Mavs put the Mavs really put their pedal to the ground and n- never really let go. So the Mavs do have this little flicker of greatness. It just sucks because I just think that at the end of the season, whenever you're tiptoeing the line between whether you make the playoffs or not, you look back on these games against the Raptors and against the Rockets that were James Hardenless and you drop those games you're like fuck man like they they really left something on the table there and it's just it's just really upsetting to see the 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 games that they are winning are great but the games that they are losing are just awful awful games that they should not be losing and it's been i know that you're not going to win win them all but it seems like that all of these like like at the beginning of the year whenever they lost to Charlotte I know that they didn't have Porzingis but still that's a game that you cannot lose. That's a game you cannot lose. And they they really need to start getting it together because it's not going to get any easier for them. A lot more away games. They've got the Nuggets tonight and then they've got the Jazz back to back. And I remember remember whenever I was saying like games to watch like this back to back season mm-hmm. yet again it's away. So a team that has a lot of COVID <laughs> issues is traveling a lot. Like it makes no sense to me, but I don't know. I didn't make this. I didn't make the schedule. But I mean, the jazz are 12 and four right now. I never checked the sketty. They are dude. They, they are, they are third in the West. And so I was thinking that the two teams were trying to battle out for a top playoff spot. Nope. The jazz are coming out playing as great as I thought that they were. And the Mavs are a very middle of the pack Western conference team, but they need these games they yeah. need these games can they rise to the occasion like they do it seems like that they play to their opponents for whatever that like whatever that means right and it's just but it just depends on like really good team like if you if, if the rockets can figure out a way to beat you without james harden and beat you badly the nuggets who are winning big right now 59 to 46 and then two games against the Jazz, and then who are once again the elite teams right now in the West. And uh, then you've got the Suns coming up after that. They've, you've got back-to-back games against the Suns. But the good news is, going into February, I think they only play three games on the road. I think they have like a nine-game home span, which will be great for this team. And it, it's going to depend on how this week goes and how. F- really can like whenever everyone starts to get back and get healthy that's the main thing that i'm looking forward to is like whenever you start getting richardson back and you've got to look at tim hardaway jr like like the mavs cannot afford for him to be this streaky because it's really right now like how tim hardaway jr goes that's really how this team is going to be playing especially with no kp again who is fixing an illness or or not an illness, but he's, he's, he's nursing his injury on his knee. Mm -hmm. And so now all anyone has to do is just quadruple team Luca. And then it just shuts down the offense. You can't like Tim Hardaway jr. Has got to play better. And, uh, Everyone else that comes back healthy, like, they, they've they got to be ready to go. And it, that's that's going to be the scary part because it's, like, the, I, I'm starting to not hit, the, like, I'm not quite ready, not quite ready to hit the panic button yet because there's still a lot of season left to be playing. If you're going to have your skid, you want to have it early. You don't want to have it late. So, I, I don't know. We'll sound the alarms next week if we come back and they've dropped all four games this week. Because if they, if they drop the game tonight, the two to the Jazz, and then one to the very struggling Suns, who are starting to come back down to earth a little bit. I think they're like seventh in the West now. Yeah. Yep, seventh in the West at eight and seven, and the Mavs are eight and eight. So
0: it's just... How it, did we an eight? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah, so, sorry, that one kind of... No, 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 That's fine. You know, I, was, <laughs> I was like, what joke, was that? The joke that we had last week was like, how do I always sound drunk? You, I don't drink anymore, but how do I always sound drunk? And that didn't help no, at it, all. No, it did not. And I am sitting you
1: talking. I'm like, no, it did not. You know, the didn't. microphone.
0: No, sorry, it did. As, as you get some eight. Hang on. Okay, go. I mean,
1: that's I. I mean, really, <laughs> that's all that I have. Because I mean, there's there's nothing that's really, I to, from what I've seen, it's just the Mavs. Okay, so to address the free agent thing, I don't think the Mavs are missing a big piece. I don't think so. I think that the Mavs have all the big pieces that they need. Here's the thing that I that they really do need is they need depth. They need depth. They need players that can come in yeah. and really, really produce. It's very much, it's very similar to the Dallas Cowboys situation whenever it came to their offensive line. Like they, like. They have this great starting five who can compete with anyone in the league. And I am also including the Lakers in that. I think that if the Mavs are completely healthy, they can compete with anyone. Because last season, they started off like 16-6. and Yeah. or something like that, you know? And so it, it's not like this team just kind of has little moments of greatness and then it just falls off. It's just more along the lines of it's it's a consistency thing with this team. And Luca and KP are always consistent. Last year, Tim Hardaway Jr. was always cons- consistent, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Maxi Kleba was consistent, you know? and I mean – seth curry was consistent but you cannot tell me that that curry is this important to this team he is not this team can't compete with anyone especially with josh richardson now taking the pressure off of luka Doncic. we've talked about this enough it was all jj berea ah uh, dude that's another thing too like you cannot <laughs> i'm telling you i mean you've got Jalen brunson now who's filled in i think very nicely for jj berea i think that he's come in and he's, he does a very good job of being the backup point guard Just everyone just has to be healthy. it's And it's just very upsetting. And so once we start getting everyone back, then it's kind of like looking at things and going like, okay, now we can really analyze this team. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying it's hard for me to pick like a big free agent that they can trade for because there, there hasn't been a big enough sample size of this team together as a whole for someone that might want to trade a big piece like what would they ask for like none of our rookies have played up to snuff
0: well well that's the thing free agents you wouldn't have to trade
1: no i'm talking about like something like like acquiring something at like the trade deadline or like if you wanted to do that like there's no way and then if it's a free agent then that's that's different and it's going to depend on the cap space what's tim hardaway jr going to do i think that right now with how streaky he's been playing i think the mavs are just going to kind of look at tim hardaway jr and say so it's it's going to depend on how well t- Tim Hardaway... I did like a thing with my hand here. I'm sorry, that was not very good. They're going to look at Tim Hardaway Jr. and just say thanks but not really because i mean they he showed before like before this season like how and of course all anyone can just use is how this is covid and that's why i wasn't focused because of the extenuating circumstances and we can't who are we to say that they're wrong about that it's just everyone's just got that excuse in their back pocket so it's just going to depend on what tim hardaway jr is going to want to do right uh are they going to want to try and bring back willie collie stein like i i don't think so but i who knows what donnie said because they if you're seven feet tall you're gonna get you're gonna get a little bit more favorable contracts than like i think if willie collie stein was like 610 he wouldn't be playing for anyone right now i really don't think so just because he's just not he really is not consistent this is like some of the things that you kind of saw in minnesota whenever he played up there of why minnesota didn't want to keep him and so i i it's This whole Mavericks season right now is just up in the air, and it's very upsetting because I had high expectations, and I think rightfully so. I think this whole team was on track to have a great year, and if not for COVID, who knows where the team would be. And I know that everyone's kind of saying that. It just sucks because the Mavs, I think, have the least amount of postponed or canceled games this season out of any other team in the league, which is another thing that's upsetting because everyone else is – they get like little breaks in between here and there, and the Mavs are just constantly playing. They've had one game canceled, and it was because of them. It was because of the Mavericks that the game was postponed. So I, it's like Like this season really is an anomaly, and I just, can't, I just, I'm just looking at it, just going like, one game at a time, boys, one game at a time, and let's just see what happens whenever everyone gets back.
0: Yeah, I, uh, yeah the one
1: the one <laughs> he's not the greatest color guy in the, in the league for anything folks.
0: Yep <laughs> <laughs> So the the one thing that I would say is right now, especially what they what this team appears to be miss uh, appears to be missing to my eye right now especially even even with all the consistency and everything and that, I think this plays a big part of it is three point shooting. Their three point shooting has been very inconsistent and what they, that's why you look at it and you go, okay, well, Seth Curry, you know, that's what Seth Curry brought to the table was consistent three point shooting that would open up the lanes for Luca and, and KP to drive when their threes aren't, you know, when the three points not, not falling for him. That being said, I think there is a, uh, uh, a, a steal of a free agent that's going to come available this this year that um everything else if everything else stays the same i think they need to go out and get this guy it is a jj it's not jj berea it's jj reddick that dude can still shoot threes like a maniac he's still i mean he's never been a uh uh you know, lights out guy who's going to dominate the league, but he's still a really good shooter. And if you bring him in off the bench, <clears throat> I think he can provide a little bit of that consistent three-point ball. Excuse me. When things like this are happening where, you know, it's not falling for KP or for Luka. Excuse me.
1: Yeah, I, I would love that. I think, so, that I, I, and I don't think that he's going to want too much for his age. No. So, I, I it's just going to...
0: I think I think that and a solid uh a solid strong big, you know, who can play power forward or center. And Yeah, other, and and then like you said, just the, the the production from their other pieces they need to have.
1: Yeah, it just
0: I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to look at the
1: what their salary cap is going into the offseason and it's just so hard to I think it's just so hard to tell because no one knows what the league's going to look like this next year. Right. I'm looking at it and it says that does anybody even know what the salary cap's going to be next year? They're going to have t- uh, according to this, according to this website here that I, it's uh No, I mean for the league. It's spotrack.com and it says that their cap space next year is going to be 23 million. That's, and that's I and and so it's yeah. just all going to depend on where where they take all the that's, rest of their movie uh, movies. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's going to where the the movies with the rest of their money because I know that uh, Luca's <laughs> Luca's rookie contract is due up to expire in I think not this year but next year. And so that's another thing that's really frustrating is that the Mavericks don't seem to be taking advantage of a guy who obviously is this great and is going to demand money and is going to rightfully deserve the money that he is going to get. But you've got this guy on a rookie, on a rookie contract for four years. And right. so, right. and you need if to take you all your money in life. If,
0: if you can't win with him in, in his rookie contract, He's. It's gonna take.
1: It's gonna be hard. A lot of money. It's to gonna be hard, man. And I it, like here's hoping that Luca starts to really st- fall I'm, in love with the city of Dallas. Well, and he's starting to like Luca is starting to be more Luca esque. Like he's starting. It seems like every night that he doesn't get a triple double, now you're like, oh man, an off night for Luca, you know. Yeah. And so he's yeah. really starting to kind of come into his own game. It's just harder now because he doesn't. He once again he doesn't have his number two with him. And he also doesn't have a number three, four, or five with him in, out there either. So it's right. just—it's just this team. It's really hard. I would love—I hate JJ Redick just for the simple fact of he played for Duke, and I am a North Carolina fan. But I would love that—I would love that signing for the Mavericks just because. Yeah, let's I, go get JJ Redick and Tyler Hansbrough. Let's do that. And- oh man. <laughs> maybe not Tyler Hansborough man you want to talk about someone that soft as baby shit man like do you remember that time that like he went up and and Ron Artest fouled him hard and the camera zoomed in on Tyler Hansborough's face and he looks over his shoulder and see that and he saw that it was Meta World Peace oh man he looked like he shit himself right then and there and he looks at he looks at Meta World Peace and goes my bad man my bad even though that he was the one that fouled him no, Tyler Hansborough can stay in North Carolina lore. <laughs> love the guy to death, but he, he's <sighs> just, he just was not cut out for the NBA. He was very much a Christian Leitner kind of yeah. product yeah. Uh, without the great college moment of hitting some sort of buzzer beater, even though he won his right. national championship. But J.J. Right. Redick would be awesome. I would love to see J.J. Redick in a Mavericks uniform. I just think that that would be – I think that he would fit very well into Rick Carlisle's – System, I think that he can be that perfect threat on the outside for on the pick and roll. If it doesn't work, you dish out and JJ Reddick will just stroke it just Oop. like, yeah, just like nothing. So yeah. we'll see like 23 million. That's, that's a good bit of money. It's just going to depend. They, the Mavs just are going to have to start preparing for Lucas, Lucas, um, right.
0: right. Lucas official, uh, official non rookie, well, yeah.
1: like non rookie yeah. NBA contract. Yeah. And so that's where it's going to depend on everything. And I know that we're here to speculate and I understand that, but it's it's too hard with this Mavericks team right now. The only thing that I can do is look back and say here's what's wrong. But the only other answer that I can say is they got to get healthy. Right. Yeah. They've got to get healthy because I mean it was it, it sucks because it's kind of like the Cowboys, you know, it's just the difference is, is that their injury is not due to their star player because I mean of course Porzingis yeah. is very important. <clears throat> But, but he's but he's, he's but he's not da- but he's not Dak Prescott. You know, like right. like Luca is the Dak Prescott of this team for a lot of reasons, and I don't think that there's anyone that would disagree. I think the majority of people wouldn't disagree with me on that one. Yeah. So we'll talk again next week, and we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully have some good stuff to talk about because it doesn't look like this Denver Nuggets. Or this Denver Nuggets, this uh, Utah Jazz game is going to be worth talking about next no, week. They're
0: play- oh, they're- oh, next week! I was about to say they're playing Denver right now.
1: Yeah, they are. I'm just saying, like the yeah. Utah Jazz games, like that's it's going to be hard. It, and those in back to back games too, so those could easily be two big back to back losses. And I think that if we come back here and the Mavs are the, the Mavs go like one and three maybe beating the Suns, then then it's time to start to kind of sound the alarms and to see where everything goes after that. Either that or they're going to have to have a monster month of February. Yeah. So, I mean, we're – and the Mavs, I, I really do think that they can do it. I, I don't. I think if any team other than the Lakers in the league could do it, I think a healthy Mavs team can do it. We're just gonna have to see. Take it a week at a time until it's until it starts to kinda come down to whenever the team is healthy, then we can analyze it and say, Okay, now here's the problem. Cause right now the only problem is that no one is playing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's the only problem. But, no, it's not. But it's the most incons-
1: inconsistency for sure. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, how it's much
0: the, it's the the most glaring
1: problem. How how much of that inconsistency is purely because and it's
0: yeah, and it's hard. The, to... the,
1: the whole team is not out on the floor,
0: right? And it's hard to tell what exactly the team needs when you can't get the whole team out there. Absolutely, right? Which is what you've just spent the last fifteen minutes. saying.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. And I, it's just so it's just it's just hard. Mm-hmm. I wish that there was more that I could say. They're just they're just flat out isn't. Yeah. nope. Just keep watching. Just keep watching. Just Why? because, it, I mean, it, what else are you gonna do? Uh, what else are you gonna do? Uh, so, watch, watch the stars. You can watch
0: the stars because they're playing now. Yo, you want to move on? Yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> what the fuck is like? When did I start? And just making weird noises. Uh, whenever
1: teams, whenever the stars do what the stars did in their first two games, that only three other NHL teams or two other—I'm sorry—the stars are now number three, and that score eight power play goals Wah. on their first two games of the seasons. Where you've got your Lemus and your Yogers and your—you've uh, got you've got all—you've got that great Pittsburgh team of the '90s. Yeah. And then you've got the 41—it was the 95-96 Pittsburgh Penguins, and then it was the 41-42 Detroit Red Wings. I couldn't tell you who played for those guys. But, I mean, it's just— Eddie Shore? No, definitely (laughs) not Eddie Shore. Um, But it's just just crazy to see how amazing this team— because, I mean, no one, no one, I don't care who you were, no one could have thought that this team would have meshed that well this early so let's go ahead and just talk about that first game that they played oh, that my. the first period Ooh. the first period looked it like the, it looked like the stars of last year slow starts anton hudobin or ben bishop either one of the goalies was keeping them in it because there were so many times where, during that first period
0: where <coughs> Nash- nashville just got a scoring chance and hudobin was like nah no you don't well, and see, there were so many times I was just sitting there watching it, and
1: it, it, I I said out loud, looking at the TV, "Why would you do that?" Like, it, like everyone just looked sloppy, and they looked slow out of the gate. And I just, as soon as it went into the first intermission, I was, I just thought to myself, "Thank Christ, it's only nothing, nothing," because that could have been so much worse. And Anton Hudobin had to stand on his head and he did and he did and then the second period started and the power play came to life and then the third period went and as the second period went so did the third like it just
0: well, it was they, just pure and utter dominance the stars for those of you who did not see the stars scored 5 goals in the second period four of them on the power play no sorry three on the three on the power play one, one, and, sh- one, one and five on five. One shorthand. And one shorthand. Lindell on that play. Let me just say, I
1: was very critical of Roman Yossi winning the Norris Trophy last year just because the highest scoring defenseman always gets it now, but not the best defending defenseman. Essa Lindell made Roman Yossi look like me out there. Like he just skated in right at Yossi, did a deep to the left, and just flew right by Roman Yossi and just. just Put it right by Soros. And and that's the other thing, too, is that I think that they figured out how to crack Soros, man. Like, it's yeah. just one of those things yeah. where it's, it's tips. like, stars, the stars just, like, couldn't... The tips. It, it, the stars couldn't score on him last year. But I think that that was a product of what Montgomery had kind of laid before them. I think that, mm-hmm. the, like, the stars' formula for Montgomery... And that bonus kind of kept going because I, I'll never forget last year whenever Montgomery was fired and they called Bonus the interim head coach. Bonus said that first day he goes, "It's it, like I don't know if I'll ever get used to walking into that office because that's Monty's office. Yeah, that's not my office." And that like set that set the tone right there where it's like, okay, well we're gonna keep Monty's system going. Right. And then whenever the COVID break happened.
0: I think that's when bonus was really he like looked I at need it. to he put, my to stamp put his, on it. and he
1: yep. did and it worked in the playoffs and so everyone wants to sit there and go hey it looked great in the playoffs but there's no way the stars are going to repeat this because not only not only are because they down that's not Sagan who they
0: were last year not
1: only are they down Sagan and Bishop but now they don't have Corey Perry anymore so if anything yes they kept the team together but this same team could not score goals last year. So what makes you think it's going to be any different this year? And I got to be honest, I'm sitting, I was sitting here going into this season being like, yay, very excited. And one, I know that we're only two games into it, but let's just, let me just say this without declaring victory, but every Stanley cup champion had to start a season at some point. Eventually a Stanley cup champion had a two game sample size that you, whether it'd be good or bad, but, Eventually, someone had a two-game season starting sampling
0: size, and what we have in front of us is fucking phenomenal. It's been as good as it could possibly be in in the two-game. Granted, small sample size, but I think the point that you're trying to make is even even Stanley Cup champions. If you look, if you take a two-game sample size, you could be thinking, "Oh, they could be sitting at two and 0 and you could be thinking, "This is going to be going to go great," or they could have started. One seven and one, or you know, mm-hmm. one and one, or, and we did zero oh and two, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, well, pfft, yeah. There, I mean, and that's there it, it goes. So, I, so yes, it's a small sample size, but it is literally as good as it could have started. Yeah, and so, and I was, I, I,
1: I know that I was saying going into this season how excited I was, but I got to be honest, I was, I was really starting to drink the national, excuse me, the national media's Kool Aid. Because everyone was sitting there saying, like, who has the potential from going worst to first? Everyone said the Dallas Stars. I think I saw maybe a a few New York Islanders out there, but it was like... Worst, you mean first to worst? I'm sorry, first to worst this season. Everyone was sitting there saying the Dallas Stars. And they all gave valid reasons. Because we didn't know what this team would look like outside of the bubble. Right. Because that bubble is going to be, it's a completely different entity than what the real world is and from what we've seen so far the media was wrong the stars have kind of come out and just shown that hey we can beat you we can score seven goals on your ass but not only that we can keep your ass off the board yeah which was which was huge for
0: this team and it was like i mean it's not just i uh, guess uh, nashville is bad but they do have guys that can put points on the board. They've got Matt Duchesne, they've got Philip Forsberg.
1: Matt he, Duchesne. That was the, the Raspberry for his Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Over overrated. I I'm he can still score. I think he's shown glimpses of when he can score. I, I but that's I, I just don't think he's consistent.
0: Okay, fine. But, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just love talking still, shit about Nashville. Still, I mean Philip Forsberg is he's good. Like it's hard to, that's hard to argue. Yeah, and
1: Ryan Ellis is really Ryan good. Ellis. I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Victor Arvison, uh, Roman Yossi,
0: yeah, the, 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 yeah. the, the Norris Trophy winner. So, yeah. I mean, the team on they paper. Have, they have good players. The team so.
1: on paper should be better than what they so, are.
0: Uh, what I'm saying is, yes, Nashville is bad in that I don't think that they're going to win a lot of games, but I don't think they're going to get shut out a lot of games either.
1: No, I don't think so either. And, I mean, in that, that <laughs> very next game that – the stars played uh, that the stars and the Preds, the stars and the Preds played showed
0: that. Yeah. Um, that's all I was trying to say is is yes, Matt Duchesne is inconsistent, but he can put points on the board. And, you know, he might, there's probably going to be a couple games where he's the only one who scores.
1: I mean, you can look at it. You can look at Matt Duchesne whenever he was traded to Columbus. Duchesne. Whenever, uh, whenever he was traded to Columbus, he was that one of those integral pieces that they needed. You know, they had they already had the Breadman and they already had Babrowski, but then you bring in Duchesne, he comes in and he freaking torches the Lightning that during during that four game sweep playoff yeah. of the probably the team that was better than the team last year. You know, and so it was just one of those things where the stars just kind of aligned perfectly for them. So Matt Duchesne does. Very Taylor Hall esque, I think. It's just like he he does minus the Hart Trophy that that right. that, that Matt Taylor Duchesne Hall-esque. does not have that Taylor Hall does have. But uh, but I think that they're two very similar players where it's yeah. like they show signs of greatness, but it, but
0: they never it live on up they, to it if they want to or not to. I, you know, and I mean it's just so. And uh, and would you want to playing for Nashville?
1: No, I wouldn't want to playing for Buffalo either. Fuck, dude. <laughs> so uh, that was Taylor Hall, not. Yeah, right. Anyway, so, but it was, I just want to say that, holy Christ, has Rick Bonus really discovered a winning formula whenever you put Pavelski and Radulov on the same line, man? Oh, my God. Dude, those guys. And let me just say, Alexander Radulov, I don't know what he did this offseason, but I just say, watch him without the puck. This man is just flying around the ice, and no one has been able to keep up with him. And so, this is one of the, I don't know. I, it's, this this has to be Rick Bonus's system that is just working so well for these guys because, I mean, you... Like, Monty had these guys for the majority of last year. How many years did he coach yeah. fucking Radulov? And Radulov looked great, right. but he never really right. looked like the Radulov that we thought he was going to be whenever he first signed until the bubble. Right. Well, it, it, Same thing
0: with Pavelski. Until speak, the bubble. Yeah, as, as, but speaking of Radulov and, and flying around the ice and looking like a madman... uh I I since we live in Tennessee I uh, I had to watch the Nashville Predators um, broadcast so I had to listen to the a very predator centric broadcast which was very interesting to watch that <laughs> first game there there was not a lot of uh, of uh, hometownerism I in think there. I would rather hear it their call to that game <laughs> literally they're talking about how good they kept saying Radulov which was of course, kind they of would. bugged me, but yeah, of course they would. But they, they're like, you know, they were talking about how uh, they interviewed one of them had an interview with Tyler Sagan, and they were talking about Radulov as a teammate, and and fairly Tyler Sagan said, "Yeah, he's like uh, mildly psychotic, but like in the best way." <laughs> I mean, look at that guy, man. He looks like a fucking vampire. <laughs> there, uh, well, and and uh, it was. Um, I don't remember the guy's first name, but they kept calling him Crispy. Uh, and apparently, he used to be the coach of Nashville he's or one of the croaches. And, uh, I have croaches. Anyway, and, uh, crisp, he's apparently crisp. he's he's known Rajilov since he came into the league. Well, because like Rajilov, well, Radulov started on the Preds. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, okay. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, that's, that's basically who he is. He's just a super intense personality. And, like, that's how he plays hockey. That's how he lives his life. That's how he is. Uh, i have I've all I wouldn't say always, but I've been very vocal about
1: saying as soon as Rajilov's contract is done, You gotta let him walk just because he's not worth the money that they're paying him. The turning point for me was that overtime goal that Radulov scored against Robin Leonard and the Golden Knights in Game Three of the Western Conference Finals. The the shot that he was the patience that he had and he faked he faked going far side, then went glove side, and just the it was just beautiful. And it's it really has carried over well for him. and another thing that's carrying over well, man, it's you you can see the greatness that is about to come with Hints and Garionov that are uh-huh. already here. Uh-huh. But my God, dude, that line uh-huh. with Jamie Benn too on, in that uh-huh. first game, man. Like, uh-huh. dude, they looked so great. Jamie Benn has, I know that he didn't play in the second game and he's day-to-day. And of course, the injury bugs yeah. are already starting to come out because Kiviranta's back on the IL, uh, or the IR, excuse me. Uh, and then uh uh Jamie Ben's day to day on top of Sagan and Bishop so it's just yeah but it looks like that this team really it really does embrace that next man up yes kind of mentality and it, it I, I think the reason is Ty it looked pretty good. Oh, we'll we'll get to Ty. We'll get to Ty DeLandria in a second because he before the this is another thing that the COVID bug, the COVID break at the beginning of this season has done for Ty DeLandria and the Dallas Stars is that it gave Rick Bonus a chance to give Ty DeLandria another look because at the start of training camp, the, the training camp was split into two people. Opening night roster, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They called it like A and B, but it was opening night roster and the AHL guys. And Ty DeLandrio was with the AHL guys. They, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have any comp. And I wouldn't say he didn't have any confidence in him, but he just didn't think that he was ready. Yeah. Flash forward to game two, he's got Ty Delandria taking a defensive zone faceoff in a one in a in a one goal game. Yeah. And he wins it, I and see, know. And, and it was it's one of my favorite things that happens in hockey. If we want to just kind of shift to the second game, because the the, the first game we can talk about it all day. It, yeah, was, yeah, it was that a beat last down. that last goal that that Dallas scored that went off of Ronta's chest and in during that power play. The Stars were doing everything that they could to not score. Like of course <laughs> they weren't insulting Nashville's intelligence by just skating figure eights. Like they were throwing pucks at the net, but you can look at it; it was lackluster and everything. They were doing everything to not score and it still scored. Like it, it, that's one of those games. The first game is one of those games where it's like you know what, Nashville just nothing was going to go right for them and the Stars nothing was going to go wrong for them. And the Stars are going to be on the other end of that spectrum at one point in time this season. Yes. And we'll be talking about it mean like you remember that first Nashville game? Well, this is us on the other side here. Like like this is how much that sucked. So mm, just yep. be ready for that. It happens. The first game was just a thumping, and uh, that's that's exactly what you want to see on Western Conference Champion Banner Night. Yes. You know, and it's just, it was just, it's so great that the Stars were able to have fans in the stands for this because no one else is doing that. It's just, it's just nice to see that the Stars are allowing that. And let me just say, if y'all are one of the few people that are going to the games, do not fuck this up for the rest of us. Wear your mask. Yes. Do not use it. Do not stand up for the national anthem and then be holding a beer and then not wear your mask because you're saying I'm actively drinking. Do not be that person that ruins it for the rest of us because I'm going to be back in Texas at the end of April and I fully intend on going to one of those games. And if it if it, if it it comes down to it and people aren't wearing their masks this season and they have to cut this shit short, I'm going to be mad. Do not you do not want me to be mad. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll scold you on the mic I guess, but please just for the love of God, don't ruin it for the rest of us. Wear your mask and just just be considerate. Practice social distancing. Do what you Regardless of what your political beliefs are, just please just do what the stars are asking so that way we all can enjoy games this year because the not only for me selfishly and getting to go, but the players are also saying how awesome it is to have fans in the stands. Yes so not only are you ruining it for us but you're also ruining it for the players so please do the right thing wear your mask yes all right moving on to the second game and I think that this second game for the stars is actually more impressive than the first game i I do because like like I said before that first game nothing was gonna go wrong for the stars and the and, gr- and great teams sh- good teams take advantage of that you know it's just yeah. it's one of those things. I was sitting there saying before the second game, I was thinking to myself like the best thing that could happen to the stars in this game is that they win a game by one goal and not just one, nothing one, nothing would have been nice because it's like, we can shut you down and keep you off the board for two games. And that shit just does not happen. But I think it would, be, I think it was better <laughs> that the, <laughs> thanks. I think it's better <laughs> that the, uh that the stars won three, two, Because Nashville, like, the Stars came back out in the first two periods, and Mm -hmm. they were able to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted. They got off all the shots that they needed to get off, and not all of them scored, but you could just tell. They were just peppering the net. Like, if they wanted to pass it to the slot, they could do it, and they get that shot. If they wanted to pass it out to the face-off dot and get a one-timer, they were getting that. If they wanted to get behind the net and then swing it up to the blue line and get a shot that way, they were doing it, and it was incredible. Speaking of one-timers, my God pavelskis on, no, oh no Guryana. yeah gary i'm telling you gary uh, one timer is scary uh, he had dude, it, when he didn't score on it but there was one in the second period uh, where he was on was, the right face off yeah, dot and yeah. just rocketed it and i don't know uh, how it didn't leave a two two foot hole coming
0: out of saros's back dude yeah yeah well, think about this though when when uh sagan is back and healthy because sagan's got a sick one timer too you
1: know who else has a sick one-timer? Fucking Pavelski, man. Pavelski. Did you see that one-timer? He was at the bottom of the face-off dot, where most guys are taking one-timers at the middle of the face-off dot. His foot was on the bottom part of the line. Or not the line, yeah. not the line, but the bottom part of the circle, closest yeah. to the goal line. Dude,
0: it, look, it, he,
1: on I, his on his one-timer if where If I'm not scored.
0: mistaken, did he not take the, the net off the posts with that?
1: he didn't uh Soros, uh, okay, Soros, Soros was trying to get it? over okay. and he was he was trying to and okay. you could tell Soros wasn't gonna get there because whenever he gets to the post he rolls his left shoulder
0: into the net and
1: lifts his arm yeah gotcha. and, and
0: that's that's what caused it to come gotcha. off of the off
1: of its range I
0: didn't I get I didn't get to see like a close replay of it or or whatever because I was having technical difficulties with my TV once again but I I did actually catch the goal and I remember thinking like did he just knock that thing off the freaking post no Soros did okay but, but but still, but here's it, the, it was just the timing of it. I but guess. The, the the reason why this game is I
1: think more impressive and what it shows the rest of the league is is not only can we beat you seven nothing, but if you if you because the third period was we can different. grind you down. The third period was different because it was like the stars in the first two periods were still riding that same high from last game. And they were just playing well. Then the third period starts. They kind of come back down to earth a little bit. And the competition kind of evened itself out. I mean, for obvious reasons. Because in the first two periods, what were the shots on goal? It was seven shots on goal in the first two periods. Which is unbelievable defense. And the the Stars had 17. So it was just insane. But then coming into the third, Nashville had 10. The Stars had 5. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what caused Nashville to be able to climb back into it. I know that they scored their uh, I know they scored their first goal in the second period, but really that third goal was a big one right there because it it, it got it back within you mean the, the second goal it, in yeah the third the, se- the second goal in the third period yeah. got it back within a goal ten minutes left in the game. So now you look at it and say, yeah, the Stars have been dominating this whole time, but the, but Nashville's back within striking distance. How are the Stars going to respond to it? Held strong, yeah. Held strong. That save that Anton Hudobin had on Victor Arvidsson at the end of the game, where he was doing the splits, sliding across the ice, oh. like that's just that's so demoralizing. It yeah. is. You look at that and just say, what the fuck do I have to do to score on this guy? <laughs> and the and the, the like and the the answer is a lot. Anton yes. Hudobin has continued his dominance from the bubble. Like he he really does look really great.
0: Yeah, and, he's and, looking. Good. I'm thinking that... uh, I'm thinking that... Seattle takes him? No.
1: Oh, 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 no, no, no. That's that's way down the line. I want to enjoy this moment right here. I think that the only reason why Hudobin got the start in the second... Game was because it's like okay well let's continue with the hot hand yeah. let's let's keep the hot hand going instead of Ottinger and you, think you know how it, you think long Ottinger it t- will get in the game three you know and see that's that's the question I wanted to bring up here in a second okay. because it's the the crazy thing is that Anton Hudobin has did not get a shutout at all during the regular season he didn't get his first shutout last year until the bubble yeah and so it's great to see that Anton. And, starting off they can they can goalies can sit the there back. and goalies can sit there and say that shutouts don't matter victories do but shutouts matter yeah. it's one of those things where it's kind of like a pitcher in baseball getting a complete game you They're know like
0: strikeouts don't matter yeah
1: it's it, but yes they do like like you want to pad your stats and Anton Hudobin if you look at his career numbers I don't have them in front of me but I was talking with my brother-in-law about it I mean it, like a 219 goals against average for his career, he started 200. I think it was 201 games as of this, and he has like a 219 save percentage. That is insane. You mean like, goals against average? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it goals against average, and it's like it, it, it's it's like those are like Patrick Waugh numbers. Yeah, you know, like that's Wah? like obviously a much. Sm- thank you. Yes, I'm so I'm so sad that wasn't around in the 90s because we could have fucked with him so much. Why We wouldn't. We wouldn't chant like. We wouldn't chant like Patrick, Patrick. We would just go
2: wah, wah,
1: wah. Wouldn't that just, be, dude? That would have been so funny if that was actually the case. So, but, um, but yeah, Anton, Anton Hudobin is really going to be one of the, but, but Patrick, Patrick was sample size is much bigger. Yeah. And and Patrick Waugh played in a league where the goalie pads were much smaller. Yeah. So goals, goal scoring was. Not necessarily... Easier. It wasn't easier because it was back in the nineties. They also
0: didn't have the composite
1: sticks. They 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 protected the goalies like hardcore in the nineties. So you a lot of two one games, and I understand that. But still, like like if you look at everyone else's numbers in the nineties, other unless your name was Dominic Hasek, like no one was better than Patrick Waugh. So it's so anytime your name is ever mentioned in his breath, yeah. So Anton Hudobin is really everything that. So far, I know that I'm sucking all the victory green dick right now, but you know what? And, and, and I know that it's such a small sample size against a team that is always flaky, and I understand that. We'll find out these next two games that they have against Detroit because you cannot look this dominant against Nashville and then come out and even drop a game to Detroit. The great teams are not going to lose to this De- are not going to lose to this Detroit team. Maybe you I mean of course they will because you play
0: an, a team right, enough times not, you're eventually going to lose. But not right out of the gate.
1: Not right out of the right out of the gate. Yeah. And it's like what you need to do is you need to continue this dominance and you need to go into Detroit and not drop these games. Right. Yeah. You cannot do it because then you're going into Carolina that next series yep. a team that is like legit and I honestly think that Carolina is going to win this Central Division. I think Carolina is that good. And I think that Tampa Bay, even though that this isn't their division, but they're always with Carolina in the same division, I think Tampa Bay is going to be dethroned this year. And I think that Carolina is going to take this division. But that's neither here nor there. So going into Carolina, you lose a game to Detroit. God forbid both. Yeah. Yeah. You are you have zero momentum me- momentum going into this. Maybe if you lose the first game in a shutout and then win the second game, that of course there are different levels. But I just still don't think you cannot lose to this Detroit team. They are that bad. They really are that bad. And you like you you have to come out and show like you have to show what a great team will do against a bad team. Right. Yeah. And so I, whenever it comes to because you and you've also got to give Ottinger a start. Because Ottinger is also... I, I bet you anything, Ottinger's going to get one start against Carolina, too, because it's a back-to-back. Usually with back-to-backs, you have to allow... You 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 have to allow your goalie to... Uh, you, you have to give your, your original starting goalie some rest. So I think you get it out of the way against Detroit. A perfect team to get your first start against. Yep. A team that really is not that great. And um, whenever... uh. I, so I I think that since now the, the high of Dobby's shutout is gone, I think that Ottinger gets his first NHL start tomorrow night, the 26th, against Detroit. And then Hudobin starts the next game against Detroit. Then he starts the next game against Carolina. Then Ottinger takes the back. So I think I that's that's how I see it who knows and who am i to question rick bonus because obviously this man is one of three coaches that has coached in four decades so this man has for once this man has truly forgotten more about hockey than i will ever know in my lifetime and i'm not claiming to be an expert at any of this i just love the sport a lot and i probably love the sport more than anyone who has never played the sport probably should but that makes that's what makes me a crazy hockey fan is just because I love the sport for the sport it's not because I played it I just love it just because I love it and yeah. so and I'm not trying to say I'm better I'm just a rare breed of hockey fan and it's just this it's very exciting and I think that you all can understand how excited I am and how excited I should be why wouldn't I appreciate this moment now because who knows what it's going to look like going forward I mean with this sample size it's looking like it's going to be great but that's why you play the seasons. Yep. That's why you play the games yep. and crazy things have happened. I, I'm just I'm just really fucking excited about this. And it I I don't I don't have any reason not to be. Because whenever you get Ben and Bishop Ben and Bishop, whenever you get Ben, ben and Sagan, Sagan back, back. And Bishop. Ben Bishop, that's what I mean. Like, so whenever you get Bishop back and Sagan back, that's kind of like a mid year trade. Yeah, cause acquire it's, like like acquire. Like, you know, like so people want to. They're only going to get better. That's the that's that, the thing. I know. They're only I know get better. I know because this team is better. I don't care how great they are right now. This team is better with Sagan on the ice, yeah. and they are better with Bishop on the ice. They just are, and so it's it's it, it, this is this is just so perfect. Everything is just lining up so great right now for the future of this team because mm-hmm. I'm thinking that you get Kiviranta, Hints, and Girionov on that top line together. Oh, Kiviranta, dude. Or Ty Delandria dude, like I'm telling you and Ty Delandria is playing for Blake Como right now yeah and and just he's on that checking line and just fits in just like a glove yeah like he's yeah he's on the FCC line he is I, and it's and he it's just perfect and he almost got himself he I was gonna say this earlier he almost got himself an empty net goal at the end of the second game and one of my favorite traditions not it's not even a tradition, but one of my favorite things in hockey is everyone that's in the arena knows Mm -hmm. Ty DeLandria is making a break for that. Everyone knows that that's Ty DeLandria, not just a first-round pick, a questionable first-round pick, not just a questionable first-round pick, but the first-round pick that was made in that building where he was playing for that team Everyone knows how big of a, of a moment that is. So I'm driving in my car and I'm listening to this on the radio and I hear Josh Bogerard going, oh, There's Ty Delandria making a break for the puck, getting an empty net, and he's quiet for like half a second. And you hear everyone in the crowd just go like 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 the crowd noise just slowly gets bigger and bigger. And you only really get that at hockey games. Mm-hmm. You only get that at hockey games just because hockey is one of the few sports where it's just always moving. It's never stopping. All other sports, they have their moments where it's 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 not as big like in basketball you can argue that you have that but what do you get? You get a layup, you get 2 points and those are just a dime a dozen in basketball. Right. You don't ever not like you only score your first NHL goal once and then you whenever you do score the goals you maybe if you have a great season you might score 20 so whenever like a moment like that is building up and you see it happening you can just hear the fans just going like oh my god am i going to be here for this moment please please let it happen and then whenever it doesn't it just oh you
0: just hear everyone and i just I love that who it about was, hockey but it was, there was a, there was a Nashville defender who was right there who kind of he didn't, oh, I, yeah. he didn't break it up but it was You made it. You almost made it sound like he made it. Missed an empty netter. No, 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 no. He didn't. I'm not saying that. He he was. He was racing the other guy for the puck. Yeah, he was. And and he kind of beat him and kind of got a little bit of a shot, but it was more like a like a pass. No, I know. I'm not
1: saying that like he almost scored, but like even Ty Delandria just skating towards the puck, people look at that, and even if he had no chance, people would look at it and go oh my god, that's Delandria. What What are the odds if he gets this puck? Please, get, And then if he gets the puck and shoots it, then the crowd really goes nuts. And then if he misses the net, then the crowd really lets oh. out a collective groan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so funny to me. I don't know why. I just love the community that hockey brings. And we all kind of, like. I think it's the same reason why I'm a professional wrestling fan. Because it's, it's a community. Like, you either get it and you love it, or you don't get it and you think it's stupid and we look at and you just go you're not even like worthy to get it you know like it's just something that you just watch and we just love and we all love each other for it same thing with hockey like it i just just love that about hockey fans and the hockey community
0: perfect example of of how like of what you're talking about with hockey fans we got an entire uh, section uh at a rangers game cheering ironically with us right Mm-hmm. We had multiple sections at the Stars game, <laughs> yeah, that New Year's game, cheering our section's number. Yeah. Because we kept going 312, uh-huh. then 314 chimed in, and 315 chimed in. It's like it was almost that whole corner of the upper bowl. 3 12, Three twelve. Yeah, it was,
1: it like, was a lot. It, I'm telling you, it's just it, it's 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 an experience like no other.
0: It's it's just you. Know, oh, we're at a hockey game. Everybody's cheered. I'm to join in. We're just
1: gonna get nuts. Same thing like wrestling. <laughs> it's like you go there and everyone's just chanting whatever, man. It's just so much fun. So, um, I get just to kind of put a little bow on this, just because so, oh, I mean well, we could,
0: did put a bow on
1: it. We could sit here and I could sit here and talk about this all fucking night. Like I swear to Christ, I could. The players to watch for Detroit right now are uh, Dylan Larkin, who has the most points on the team with six, um, and then you've got uh, Bobby Ryan with the most goals with four. And they've, they've played six games, right? Yes. So yeah. And then you've got Philip uh, Philip Hornick who has the most assists. And all of these guys are under the age of 25. So the Detroit Red Wings, they might be bad, but they're in a really good position to look really good in the future. So it's just not that time yet. So it's just... Um, its it, Those would just be the players to kind of watch during this. And then <laughs> the Stars... Joe Pavelski has the most points. Joe Pavelski has the most goals. Joe Pavelski has the most assists. Like (laughs) Captain America is playing like a man possessed. And I, this is just all but solidifying that Seattle's going to take Joe Pavelski because the stars are not going to protect him. The only way that I could see them protecting him is if Joe Pavelski says, no, I want to stay, and Radulov is very open about saying, I don't want to stay at the end of this. They could go to Radulov and say, look, you don't want to stay? Wave your no-movement clause, so that way we can protect Pavelski, who wants to stay. Wait, Radulov doesn't want to stay in Dallas? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying oh, that oh, would be oh, the if, only way. Oh, uh, gotcha, That gotcha, would be gotcha, the gotcha, only gotcha. way that I could see them wanting to keep—because the the three defensemen that they're going to keep, obvious— all the forwards that they're going to keep obvious. It's just going to depend on that. That would be the only reason why I would say that they would keep that they would protect Joe Pavelski is if Alexander Radulov doesn't want to stay, which I think he will want to stay. Mm-hmm. And so then Joe Pavelski is going to be exposed, and he's been playing way too well. At, at least if if he obviously he won't keep going at this pace, but if he keeps going at a very continuous pace then Seattle would be foolish to turn him down, and then they'll take him instead of Hudobin. So that's why I'm sitting there saying that I don't think that Seattle will take Hudobin now. I think they'll take Matt Murray, which is a whole nother can of worms that I would not do. I just think that that's who they're going to take, because Braden Holtby does not look good right now in Vancouver. So, well, that's, it, but regardless. So that's uh that's everything on the stars that I have.
0: Do you have anything else? Uh, what- <laughs> No, I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mavericks with the comeback. I know it's not, uh, at the end of the third. That's what I made that face for a couple minutes ago. But man, uh, look at him go! Uh, no, all I, all I all I have to add is that uh, you're welcome, Stars fans. I w- have been wearing my blackout jersey two games in a row now, and I apparently have to do it forever. So I'll take it, like whatever, man. Just do what you got to do because, man, that's uh, this this
1: you could not have asked for a better start. To this season, you just, you, you could not for the actual, obviously, you don't want to postpone any games. And that's like the most, that's the best start that you could ask. But the thing that has helped the Stars the most Mm -hmm. due to the COVID pause is to see just how bad their division is. Yeah. The only team that's playing well right now, the only team that's above 500 that's not in the state of Texas is Tampa Bay. Everyone else is below 500 right now. That includes Carolina. That includes Nashville. That includes Florida. Like, obviously, because they're in the division, and I said everyone in their division, but I'm just saying, like, all these teams that, like, Columbus even, you know, with all of this bullshit, which, oh my God, fuck Patrick Line. A. I cannot believe that Patrick Laine is back in the Stars division. Like, at least with COVID going on and everything, I could have sat there and just said, well, at least we're not playing Winnipeg. Fourteen times in a season, because now no Patrick Line, who is the ultimate Stars killer. Now they trade Pierre Luke Dubois from Columbus to Winnipeg for Patrick Line.
0: Point of order, real quick. Hurricanes are two and one. Panthers are two and zero. Stars are two and o.
1: oh no, that's what oh that's what it was. That's right because they haven't. Uh, uh, that's right because Florida hasn't played in a while. That's what yeah. that's what it was. I'm sorry you're right you're right i was looking at something the other day but it's just
0: columbus is two two and two yeah so they're not below 500, but everyone in the that's division as, is— that's as 500 as you can. Yes. Get. Okay. So let me re- actually. No. 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 Because overtime losses still count as losses. So yes, that's, they do. That's below yeah. 500. Yes, that's below 500. So Florida's not. I do apologize
1: because they they had to stop playing because of because Car- they had their own, but Carolina had to stop playing too because mm-hmm. they had Florida, and it was the same thing with Nashville. So right. You're right. You're right. My mistake. I remember. I just thought I remember reading that, but you're right. Florida's not. But and and uh, Carolina's not, but
0: I was just it's just st- no, it, but it, still, but it, it's, it's not just, like it's, it's not like it's impossible for every team but one to be below 500 if the only teams that they're playing are each other, you know? yeah. I know, but it's
1: just, <laughs> but it's just really what's happening in this division is that everyone is just kind of beating up on themselves, yeah. And it, it's it's kind of opening up the door for the stars to kind of see where the division stands, you come
0: in with fresh legs,
1: yep, yep.
0: Yep, i yep, mean if you've got yep 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 yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. yeah <laughs> a- everyone
1: who has played a full season right now is below 500 at least everyone who's played the full the full six games so yeah. far yeah uh, yeah so anyway which would be, i was wrong that's my bad which would be three <laughs> out of the eight yeah yeah because everyone's had to pause because Florida started with the stars then they got their COVID. anyway so yeah, I was wrong. You're right. You're
0: right. So, but I, I mean, still, you expected, uh, you expected Carolina. Yeah, they're two and one. You, I mean, to be honest, I, I wouldn't have expected them to lose. I'm pulling it up.
1: See the, the the thing that I the thing that caused me to mistake that was because I saw that Carolina was out of the playoff picture right now. Oh, and that's just because it's by points.
0: Carolina lost to. The Red Wings. Yes, they did. Yeah, one of Carolina's loss is to Detroit in the second game of the season. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't look good. And Columbus two and four right now. Well, two two and two, so that's practically two and four. Uh, you know, so I mean, I see what you're saying. It's the division. It doesn't look uh, it's like, like it's, division as a whole doesn't look very good right it's now.
1: It's not like the North Division because that's the crazy thing. Because the North Division with all the Canadian teams has, good God. they
0: have really looked good.
1: They have looked as good as we <laughs> thought that they would, and uh, so everyone is just like every game is a hard fought game up there in the North, except unless you play Ottawa.
0: Yeah, but but, but still, but but I in mean, the Central, it it the looks second like worst team is Vancouver and. <laughs> and vancouver they 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 had they got beat by the islanders but they were that far from being in the in the uh, they got beat east, by vegas in, oh no they got yeah got beat yeah, by vegas, vegas cuz the right, islanders right. are in the east you're right i'm dumb anyway he just did
1: that so that way i could be right about something that's just how nice of a co-host he is yeah let's go with that <laughs> So I just I anyway just the, it looks like this division is going to be a little bit more it's not going to be as difficult
0: as some people thought it was going to be. I mean, yeah, the North division does look uh like the best division so far, but the West division yikes. Not not our problem. So and that's okay. <laughs> not uh, my floor, not my problem. Not my chair, not my problem. That's what it was. Not so, my chair, not my problem.
1: All right. Well, that's that's all I've got just Detroit these next two games, and then uh, then you've got a series against Carolina. That's going to be the big one. So you got Detroit on Tuesday night, excuse me, and you've got Detroit on Thursday night. And then Carolina on Saturday, the 30th, and again on the 31st. So that'll be the back-to-back. So I'd just say look for Ottinger to get the start in net on Tuesday and then I think Ottinger will also get to start that last game in Carolina. I just don't know if it's going to be different because it's a back-to-back but no one's traveling. Right. Usually with back-to-backs it's it's a home and home. Yeah. Or it's one arena and another arena. Yeah. Or yeah. it's maybe you it's both at home against two different teams. And so right. it's just, it, this is completely different. You never see a back-to-back at all, except maybe in the playoffs, but that those are rarities. And you saw it this last time because of COVID, because they were trying. The NHL was like, "Let's end this. I'm tired of paying for these hotel rooms." <laughs> so, uh, along with all the other things, they goddamn dude, that like that food. had to dude, food and games and everything just to keep these guys isolated against everything else, yeah, like against the like away from the rest of the world. Can you imagine how much money that cost? Fuck. So that, uh that really is all I have on the stars, because like, once again, if we start getting going on something else, I'll just I'll just talk hockey all fucking day. Yeah. And, uh, you know,
0: this really would have been the perfect time to launch the this. This is my last point about the stars. This, this would have been the perfect time to launch the the vulgar display of power play podcast. If for no other reason than the fact that the stars have so far on the season scored 10 goals. One was at full strength. One was a sh- was a shorthanded goal. Eight power play goals in the first two games. The only team
1: in the history of the NHL that has started off on a 9 nothing run. They were the only team in NHL history to start off on an 8 nothing run. But then they decided to break their own record in the same night. So... Yeah. This is crazy, crazy stuff that we're seeing. Historical stuff that just does not happen. And it's okay to sit back and go, this is fucking amazing. And it's okay to appreciate this. Yeah. But I mean, you look at a team like you look like you look at a team like the Islanders two years ago who or no no, it was the Flyers, like it was the Flyers like four or five years ago. They had the longest winning streak in like 50 years in since in in the entire NHL. And they missed the playoffs. So, But that's the first time in NHL history that that has ever happened, that a team has won like 10-plus games in a row and missed the playoffs, which is insane if you win an eighth of your schedule. Yeah. That fucking 20 points, and you still miss the playoffs. So stuff like that doesn't happen, but it, uh, like it doesn't usually happen, but it does happen. So we could be talking in a month from now, the Stars have broken really bad records for the Stars, and it's just – yeah. Pavelski breaking the, uh, tying a record for most points set by a star on opening night. Breaking a record, uh, breaking a, a star's record for the most points by of uh, star's player in the first two games of uh, the start of a season. Like, it's just, like, th- this stuff just does not happen, so it's okay to appreciate it for now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Stop. Please move on just so that way we can so that way I'll stop talking about it because I swear to Christ, I will sit here and do it. So move on to basketball.
0: I'm just gonna say real real quick. The, and then this will be it. So will, I swear to God, this will be it. The stars looked great on the Pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that, that
1: worked. I don't want to talk about this anymore. So, with college basketball this week. I, I it's it's hard for me to say because my game of the week was is is going on right now and Texas Tech is beating West Virginia right now at, by 10 with eight minutes left in the second so it's it's looking like that that game's not going to be as close as I thought it was but I mean 10 points is nothing we'll see maybe it'll kind of close by the time I get done here but I I'm I feel comfortable with saying that my true game of the week happened on Saturday Kansas upset by Oklahoma yeah, this is one of those things where I was like, I was trying to. We were talking about it last week, saying that uh, maybe this is just not the Kansas that we knew of old, and they're slowly starting to kind of show that maybe that's true, because whenever with Kansas and uh, the, no, not here. can <laughs> with Kansas and the uh, the stats that, like if you want to look at it, they only had. They had three of their starters scoring double figures. Jalen Wilson, uh, Abaji—I don't—I don't know his first name—and then they—they uh, they had thirteen and ten. But then Marcus Garrett was the only one that showed up with twenty-one points. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was under ten, and the uh, McCormick had nine, but no one else even came close. Two points, five points, two points, six points, and then zeros across the board. Like you need your, you need your best players to be your best players, no matter who, like like regardless of who you're playing, especially against a team like Oklahoma that has shown up in big games and have 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 won big games, and it's it's really awesome to see uh, a a team that you know like. Really, they just now are starting to get the recognition that they deserve. They cracked the top twenty-five now; they're number twenty-four. But a team in Oklahoma that has really been a sleeper team in the Big Twelve, and I know that this is something that you don't want to hear, but uh, it's it's just it's looking like that. Uh, Moshe Gibson is starting to really kind of come into his own. Whenever I kind of said like, is he going to have a big game against West Virginia, or not against West Virginia? But uh, is he going to have a big game against Baylor, and can they really make it competitive? And he didn't. But he comes out this game, and he gets 10 points uh, and uh, three rebounds and two assists off the bench. That's something that you want to see. And then uh, uh, Devon Harmon is the guy. He was the player of this game whenever he drops 22 points and then uh, no one else was really close to him except for Austin Reeves, who had 16. But then it, it, it kind of looks, it's funny that you look at the Oklahoma bench and the Kansas bench from that game, and it's really not all that different, but the points are spread out a lot more whenever you look at the Oklahoma side of things, whenever it's Kansas, you had your three guys and then everyone else that just kind of fell by the wayside. This was a good team team win from Oklahoma. And they like, like I actually watched that game at work. Like I like, it was on TV and I was kind of watching it play out. Oklahoma was in control the whole game. It's not like Kansas came out and was dominant. And then Oklahoma just had a big rally. Oklahoma just comes out and just dominated that game. So, Coming up here soon, Oklahoma's got a big game against Texas on January sixth. Or oh my God, I don't know why I do this. January twenty sixth. Excuse me, at seven p.m. on. So that's tomorrow. Uh, so we'll we'll see like how good this Oklahoma team is, is by playing a really really good Texas team who will be without their head coach as well because Shaka Smart has tested positive for COVID. And uh, yep. Yep. so that's that's not good for Texas because they've got they've got Baylor coming up, and Baylor it, it, it's it's close enough to the point where Shaka Smart won't be on the bench for it. So this Oklahoma game for Texas tomorrow is really going to be a big test for this team because Baylor won without their coach while he was battling his COVID bug. So really, really great teams can do it. Can Texas follow suit? Just like what Baylor did, can they can they win without Shaka? Or uh, can Texas win without Shaka Smart against teams that like like in Oklahoma that's kind of sneaking up there and really making themselves known, and then uh, Texas doesn't really have another really hard game. I know they're playing Kentucky because everyone in the Big Twelve is in action Saturday, January thirtieth. This will be my day to watch. All college basketball, because I mean, you've got you've got Texas at Kentucky, which Kentucky uh, and and John Calipari have gotten off the worst start it, since like the nineteen eighties for for the University of Kentucky. This is the first time in like. I think like 66 years that both Duke or that all all three teams, Duke, North Carolina and Kentucky are not in the top three like So this has just been the weirdest season. Um, You've got Alabama, who's number 18 right now that I would say has not really been tested in the SEC. They haven't played Tennessee yet. And Tennessee is that really good sleeper team that, um, that, that I wouldn't say is flying under the radar, but they no one really expected this Tennessee team to be that good. But Alabama against Oklahoma, so there's two SEC games of teams that are revered in that conference right now, regardless how bad Kentucky is playing. Can the Big 12 step up and show the SEC that they're not as good as the Big 12? But my game of the week next week is going to be Kansas at Tennessee. Kansas has dropped and fallen from grace, and they are now outside of the top 15, or I think that they are ex- exactly 15. It's somewhere around there, but um, whenever the rankings came out today, but Tennessee is really looking like a star-studded team that is going to probably make some, uh, make some really good noises here uh, whenever it comes to tournament time. So can Kansas kind of rediscover itself, beat a team in Tennessee that I think is, quite frankly, better than them? They've been playing much better than them. So you've got to really watch this because like the numbers themselves are extremely lopsided in Kansas's favor. Whenever you look at like three point field goals and, rebounds and assists and everything like it's well not assists Assists favors tennessee so my apologies but everything else is favorable to really kind of kansas on the offensive side of the ball tennessee plays a lot better defense yeah and so it's going to be a clash of two different kind of styles and who can really come out it's kind of very similar to the big 12 and the sec in football or at least how some people like to view the sec in football so that is going to be my game of the week next week is kansas at Tennessee at 6 p.m. That's the game that I that I would tune in if uh if you just needed one game to watch. So still, once again, this'll this is gonna be a very uneventful week for college basketball because you've just got Baylor against Kansas State, who is just awful, Kansas State is, and then you've got Kansas at TCU. TCU's a little bit of a sleeper team in the Big Twelve, but I still think that Kansas will get a little bit of a confidence boost in that one, take care of some business. But then Saturday, January 30th, that's the game. It starts at noon with uh with Alabama and Oklahoma and just goes all the way down until eight P.M. with Texas at Kentucky. So watch all those games if you can. But if you six PM, Kansas at Tennessee, watch that one.
0: Yeah. That's it. Nothing. Just yeah. I mean, dude, you know, you know college basketball. I don't. I, <laughs> no, I know. I'm I not trying to. i just, just yeah. I'm like yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, that's all I've got. Then
1: you want to move on to you want to you want to do trivia and get get on out of here? Yeah, cause there. No. Yeah. No. No big college football news, really. No. No. I know Texas Tech has a receiver that's transferring uh oh alan bowman is transferring too whoa yeah alan bowman is entering the transfer the transfer portal so yeah i forgot about that one so that's a big one so it just seems like that seems like matt wells has kind of made his decision on who his quarterback's going to be now and it's not going to be alan bowman which i mean what was
0: the other guy's name again uh
1: colombie oh yeah yeah henry colombie yes that's what it is yep so I, but I don't know if that's going to be the guy that
0: he's going to be using going forward. I haven't, or they might have a a, court, a freshman coming in. I,
1: I think I saw that they had that they're pursuing a freshman that they're comparing to Aaron Rodgers because they, they show a lot of clips of I didn't see his name but they showed a lot of clips of him and they like and they they compared his passing side by side with Aaron Rodgers and it's very similar. I don't know if his numbers are the same, but I know that the, I think Texas Tech is kind of pursuing yeah. a new quarterback that's going to be taking over because Colombi showed a lot last year how inconsistent he is. Uh-huh. I mean, he was so inconsistent that they made the quarterback change to Colombi in the middle of the season. Then they went back to Alan Bowman like three games later, and it's just like that's that's not something that really gives you a lot of confidence as a head coach. In your quarterback, as if no. your 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 main quarterback transfers, and now you're stuck with the guy that lost his job to the guy who's transferring. Yeah. So where do you think he lands? Oh fucking a, dude! I think that I read something saying that he was transferring more so not for college football reasons, but for academic reasons.
0: Like he w- was too smart for tech no, no,
1: no, <laughs> no. That he's I, he's transferring because Texas Tech doesn't offer the degree. That he wants oh, okay. to pursue. Gotcha, it's gotcha. Uh, oh man, yeah. And see, uh, Jalen Polk is entering the NCAA transfer, which is the which is one of their wide receivers. Yeah, and then intent to transfer from Texas
0: Tech, and it's four. Because I'll be honest, if he if he lands at somewhere like Mississippi State, I would be scared to see what he does under Mike Leach like oh
1: nope that's what it is he he graduates in may which means he will enter the portal a as a graduate transfer that's yeah. what yeah that's what i saw yeah okay okay that man makes sense. so that means that he's going to be going somewhere and he still has three years of eligibility is what it says yeah that's crazy um dude yeah I because mean, oh because of the extra year that yeah uh, the COVID 20 yeah man that's nuts so i yeah i don't know i don't know where he lands <sighs> then
0: so i just misread what it was he's just a graduate transfer gotcha um. Yeah, I mean, and and y'all are losing Isaac Azukama right to the yep. uh, to the mm-hmm. draft. Yep. So. Texas yeah. Tech so Texas gonna... Tech's, they're really.
1: Oh man, Nuggets kind of ran away with it there at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> Thirty-five seconds left. They're down seven. I don't see them coming back from that one. Nah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm I'm interested to uh, seeing how that game plays out, though. Yeah. So. I bet yeah.
0: you next year Texas Tech rolls with Jet Duffy.
1: They need to do something, man, because I'm fucking tired of this shit show. Sometimes, man, they like it's making me, it's making me look at it and be like, how much worse can Art Bryles be? Oh, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Everyone relax, Yikes, dog. Everyone relax. All right, you want to go? You want to? You want to do trivia now and get on
0: out of here? I don't know if I want to talk to you. <laughs> All right, well, this is the last podcast. We'll see you guys later. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so all sir- right, let's let's go back. Trivia.
2: Do, 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 do.
0: Okay, so to reiterate the question: If Major League Baseball decides to count Hank Aaron's Negro League home runs, or I don't feel right saying that any either. I'm just gonna say. I know. See, it doesn't. Runs, it it. It's it, home runs for the Indianapolis Clowns. Thank you. Yeah. See, it just doesn't feel right to say that, does it? Right. No. Yeah.
1: No. No. Yeah. it's just. Yeah. It's like, like you're trying to you're trying to get away with saying the other word without actually saying it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's just like a like bad
0: taste in your mouth. It's like, like if you're like, were there is there mayonnaise on that sandwich? I don't know. I don't think so. And you take a bite and you're like. There's yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah, it's gross,
1: man. Don't don't lie to me. You know Ugh. you know what you you know what you said.
0: Like it's not it's not really mayonnaise. It's Miracle Whip. Let me get the fuck out of here. Right man. there, you anyway. go. That's a good that's a good way. <laughs> All right, moving um, on. Anyway, <laughs> so if Major League Baseball decides to recognize Hank Aaron's home runs from the one season that he played with the Indianapolis Clowns, remember it was 26 games. Um, would he have overtaken Barry Bonds back for the all-time home run record? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Because
1: he's only like I, – I, Barry Bonds only beat him by like eight home runs, right? S- uh, seven. Seven? Okay. Yeah.
0: So the new record right now where it sits is 762. Yep. Um, okay. How many home runs do you think he hit? Uh, in how many games was it? 26. I, I'm going to say he probably over...
1: It's it, I'm going to say it's going to be like a, uh, a Barry... Uh, Barry Bonds. A Barry Sanders-Emmett Smith situation. Where, like, if, if Barry Sanders wouldn't have retired as early in his career as he did, he, like, his record would truly be unattainable. So I'm going to sit there and say that he not only surpasses Barry Bonds, but he, like, really surpasses him. And I'm going to say that in 29 games 26 26 games i'm gonna say he
0: hit 20 home runs
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no um uh, well you're wrong he did not it, it wouldn't be oh it wouldn't would, be enough it wouldn't he, oh it wouldn't all enough. right okay do you do you want knowing that do you want to change your
1: i mean well now i'm cheating because now it's between one and one and
0: one and six i'm gonna say six. Five. Oh, okay five Yep. It would put him at 760, which is still insane considering uh, when he passed Babe Ruth, it was him and Babe Ruth were in the 700 club. Right? Yep. And uh, then Willie Mays. Oh, this is another fun fact. Let's do it. I love fun facts. He Hank Aaron had a contract with the Giants. Which is the team that Willie Mays played for, but the Braves offered him fifty more dollars a month, and so he signed with the Braves. He was literally fifty dollars a month from being away from being teammates with Willie Mays. Man, wouldn't that have been crazy? I don't. Uh, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig are the only two other players that have occupied spots on the top ten home runs all time. I know Lou Gehrig's dropped. Dropped out. Excuse me. But they're the only, only two, only other two players that have been on that list that were teammates at any point in time. Yeah. So. But that, but that would have been the top three, right? Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. That would have been two of the top three at yeah, that time. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking crazy. 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 Yeah. At the yeah right at that time. Crazy.
1: Uh, so okay, so here's 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 another oh, sorry, fun fact.
0: Sorry. Here's another fun. No, you're fact. good. They interviewed Mickey Mantle, talking about Hank Aaron. Mickey Mantle said Hank Aaron was the best baseball player of his era. I mean, like, who else would you put above him? That's but that's the thing. He's known as the home run king, but he's literally well, you know, he was known as the home run king, but he was literally—he still is. He lit—he has—he uh, has records in so many other categories that get overlooked because of the home runs like he has the most all-time all-star game appearances in a, 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 a for a major league baseball player i think it's 25 so it's just definitely we
1: lost i think that we all have lost more than just an icon you know like like he really was a, trail bro, a trailblazer like like you you look at something <laughs> that because you like to talk about a lot off-mic, and rightfully so, how Babe Ruth changed the game just because of... The, the home runs were always a part of baseball, but it was never really utilized until was Babe Ruth. It was never really
0: part of the strategy. No, until it wasn't. Babe
1: Ruth came and then in, Hank and... Aaron comes in. And then uh, Hank yeah. Aaron comes in and redefines the strategy behind it. So well,
0: it's, it's not even that he redefined the strategy. It's that he proved to a bunch of people who thought at the time that, you know, Babe Ruth was like this miraculous player and he really was, but Hank Aaron came in and proved that, that it's not just the certain type of player that can do it. Hank Aaron proved that it doesn't matter the, the style of player. It doesn't matter the size of the player It doesn't matter the color of their skin that they can come in and be dominant because I think, I think Hank Aaron looking up his stats, Hank Aaron belongs in the conversation that people have with Willie Mays when it comes to the, one of the best ever and not just at, at, uh, at batting, but ever at at everything. Listen, listen to these Jesus. Twenty-five time All-Star. Twenty-five All-Star Games. Get
1: and that's whenever it mattered. Out of here. That's whenever it mattered because the media voted on it, not the fans. Right. One of the biggest mistakes sports have ever made is to allow the fans to vote for that stuff. Because I hate it.
0: Well. You gotta give us a voice. I understand. Yeah. Uh nah, nah, nah. so 25 All-Star Games, won the World Series in 1957. He was the National League MVP in 1957 three-time Gold Glove Award winner, two-time National League Batting Championship, well, that's highest average, not home runs, four-time National League Home Run leader, four-time National League RBI leader, also has the career record for RBIs and total bases and extra base hits. He's in the Braves Hall of Fame. He's obviously in baseball hall of fame he was inducted in 1982 with he was the first ballot hall of famer with 97.8% how how he wasn't the first one unanimous know, how babe ruth wasn't the first one to be unanimously voted in i don't know but who it was rivera right yeah mariano rivera crazy yeah crazy like rivera was good Oh, he was great i don't think he was that great right but i think i think that 44 Needs to be the second number that is retired on every team. I'm w- I'm willing to bet that that's coming. I'm willing to bet that that's coming because
1: it's funny that you say that because I was I was about to say the same thing. Because there's no like there's no way that they're gonna. I don't think that they're gonna do it in such a way where they're gonna have like a Jackie Robinson Day and then a Hank Aaron Day.
0: No, no. but
1: I like I like it's just like with because hockey did it with 99. Yeah, and then I I think basketball should do it with 23. Yeah, you know, I like I really do, but it, they won't do it now because LeBron, yeah. you know, and, so it, and it's fine. But uh, yeah, I, I I can honestly see forty four because Hank Aaron was more Jackie Robinson was great. I'm not trying to take anything away with what Jackie no, Robinson no, did. No, no, yeah, but Jackie, people look Jackie at Jackie Robinson, Robinson and they, yeah. he broke the color barrier. He broke the
0: color barrier, but what was what was the the real? <laughs> The real thing about Jackie Robinson that that a lot of people don't really talk about is his numbers only proved that he belonged there. Right. His numbers he wasn't he wasn't dominant. He was he was a good major league baseball player but he wasn't he didn't come in and set the league on fire. Hank Aaron yeah. came in and set the league on fire. Right. Willie Mays, Willie mm-hmm. Stargell, mm-hmm. Satchel Paige. Yep. Those guys came in and showed Oh no no no! Not only do we belong here, some of y'all don't belong here. Right, right. So yeah,
1: I can. I I would be surprised if this season they did not do that. Because I, I and they won't have a Hank Aaron day where everyone wears forty four. Like maybe they'll do right. it. Like maybe like the start of the season. I bet the Braves would. <clears throat> everyone. I bet you at the start of the. Oh god, that would be so awesome! Like at yep. the start of the season, everyone wears forty four just to commemorate and remember and all that shit. But then after that, no one ever wears 44 again. Right. Wouldn't that just be great?
0: I just, that would just be, that would just be so. Yeah. Just poetic. Oh, chef's kiss. Oh, here's another. We could, we could have a baseball podcast where we just talk about the random crazy stats because baseball has been around for so long and it's been that it really baseball as a sport really pioneered statistics and keeping statistics of everything and keeping a, a detailed history of, of everything. <sighs> so we, there, there's just a, a wealth of, of crazy things to, to choose from. Here's a crazy thing. This is insane. Cause I didn't think about this fact. Babe Ruth didn't retire with the Yankees. He, Babe Ruth played his final games with the Boston Braves who then moved to Milwaukee to be, become the Milwaukee Braves. And signed Hank Aaron and then moved to Atlanta. So the freaking Braves have technically in their history two of the top three all time home run hitters. Nuts. Yeah, crazy. Nuts. Of course, it was insane.
1: Of course, it was after the Braves.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Of
1: course. But still. Yeah. I mean, he's part of their history. It it really was. It's funny that you say that, just because it really is kind of like a changing of the guard kind of thing, you know? Like the the guy who held the home run record ended his career there, and then kind of, and then on his way out, they bring in Hank Aaron, Mm -hmm. and then Hank Aaron goes along goes on to beat his home run record.
0: Right. uh, I mean. The, the thing is, though, that Babe Ruth died in 48. Oh, no, no, no. no. Once again, I'm not trying so he to. Wasn't, he wasn't alive for no, it. No, no, no. I
1: know. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it's just funny how he, like, Babe Ruth ended yeah. his career there. Then Hank Aaron started and beat Babe Ruth's record on the same team that at one time held Babe Ruth on their roster. Yes. It's just, it's it, but not just on their roster, but his final team. Yes. Like it would be one thing if he played there and then went and retired somewhere else. Like that's just like, like oh that's Red a Sox. that's a that's a weird coincidence, you know? Yeah. Like that's, that's a that's a cool little coincidence, but it's very poetic to think that yeah. his last game played in the majors was the team Where Hank Aaron broke his, broke Babe Ruth's record. That is poetic. That's something you can't get from really anything but sports. If someone were to write that script, they would look at it and say, this is not even good enough for a cheesy Lifetime movie. You know, like this is so lame. Oh, oh, but but reality is, the truth really is stranger than than fiction. And you just cannot write this shit. And this is why we love sports.
0: Oh, yeah. Like the, even the, the, everything surrounding when he broke, the record, like you were saying, you know, whenever he, he, yeah. Hank Aaron broke the record, yes, yeah, like like you were saying, it was, <clears throat> like, because I don't remember. Babe Ruth broke the record like real real quick because it was only like a yeah. couple hundred. Yeah, it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 150 or 200 when Babe Ruth took it over. Anyway, um <clears throat> when Hank Aaron beat Babe Ruth's record, like you were saying, the stars kind of aligned. For him to be left out of that game, uh, the second game of the season, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, they can come uh-huh. home and do it. Yeah, yes,
1: because they so had they- to. They had to play Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. The brave, the Braves had to play Hank Aaron because the Major League Baseball commissioner said that you had to put the best team on the field yeah. and then he played horribly that first game and so that you can say well he's not the best player so we're gonna put him on the bench yeah. for one game and then start him in atlanta yeah and then breaks the record
0: that's so crazy yeah that game uh but there so there's that and then there's also obviously this is 1974 you know this is only 28 years removed from babe ruth hitting his 714th home run there are people who watched babe ruth not necessarily what you know there were probably people who were at the game where babe ruth hit his final home run who are still alive to watch hank aaron beat his record which is that's crazy but the fact that there was so much other stuff off the field so much the death threats, the racism, so much other stuff off the field. And he was able to put all of that aside, not, not even just the, the racism, but like you were saying, the baseball aspect of it, you know, he was able to put all that other stuff you know, aside and get it done at home. His parents were there like the world was watching and he hit his 715th home run. And fans started rushing the field. Like I remember, there was an interview of I don't, I don't. It wasn't Hank Aaron, but there was somebody who's on his team. He's like, "Yeah, Hank hit that ball." And then, then I look up and I just see some white guy running up towards him. And I thought, "Uh oh, mm. uh oh," and it's just, the guy just wanted to run with him. He just
1: ran up and patted him on the back. Yeah, yep. That's that is just, uh, the baseball iconic right there. Like, yeah, that 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 image in time. Yes. It's just so iconic. Yes. It's th- not not similar, but somewhat similar to uh, who was the uh, who was the player that played with Jackie Robinson that uh, put his hand on his shoulder? Pee wee Reese. Yes, Pee wee Reese. It's 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 kind of similar to that, mm-hmm. you know, because of course there was the racism, there was the death threats, but then it also goes to show you that not everyone. Not everyone thought that way back then. Right. Like, even even white people were looking at stuff like that. Like, even back in the 40s, whenever Jackie Mm -hmm. Robinson was, it was a lot more prevalent, but not everyone thought that way. And, like, it really is, like, Pee Wee Reese, obviously a bigger pioneer than this dude that runs up to Hank Aaron and taps him on the shoulder and, and, like, gives him a pat on the back and runs with him. But it's kind of... It's kind of in the same, like, whoever that guy was, like, it, like it, it, it's it, it's very assuring to kind of see that. Because, I mean, of course, anyone, everyone always says it's not about skin color, it's not about skin color. But then in moments like that, you look at it, and it's it's kind of about skin color there. Well, especially in those moments. In those moments, in, those in that moments time. In history, yep, in, yep, yep, it yep. very much was. Yeah, oh, of course it was. We're We are doing, regardless what most people think, we are doing a
0: better job at getting away from that. Yeah, we're we're moving away. We we are not moving as quickly as I would like. No, I don't think so either. But but we you know so but anyway
1: yeah yeah but it's just still like that moment in time just kind of like solidified the fact that that
0: there was there's so much to tune out. Yes, without that, and then you add oh by the way like there's legit death threats. Right,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't I I went off on a huge rant there. I'm just I'm just, I'm just I'm just telling good. you like you're it's good. just it, it has nothing to do with politics here. It's just it has it's, everything to but, do with sports and how sports can bring us all together
0: but no this, matter what but this is a perfect example of when sports become bigger than sports. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. That's yeah, that's what I meant. Thank you. You you always are so eloquent about the way you word things. I'm I just kind of like a la la. I do words good. You anyway, do words good, I do words
0: not good. This is and 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 that's what is oh, just to get even more poetic about it. That's what Babe Ruth did. Yeah. That's what yeah. Babe Ruth did. And then the the just the perfection of the moment and it becoming bigger than sports and bigger than even Babe Ruth mm. that's just crazy to think that there's something like that that can happen and it's not it's not like a script but it's it that just really happened in the world it's hard not to get emotional thinking about it. Like if you've never, if you've never taken the time to go watch the video of that home run and the home run call, it's like two minutes. Go take time out of your day. Go watch it. Guarantee it makes you feel feelings. Well, it's, and it's also
1: funny because now with the, with his passing, it's a, um, with his passing, I bet you those videos have been amplified even more and they've probably have had things added to it. And, uh, That, that, that will make those feelings inside of you, like, more prevalent, and it's just, but I, I just don't know anyone who's not a sports fan that hasn't seen that, you know, that's, that's like, that's like, that's like the Bobby Orr uh, where, uh, where he's flying through the air, and, uh and someone takes that still shot of him, it's the Stanley Cup clinching goal, and he's just going like this. The same year that Bobby... i See, I'm just getting chills right now. The same year that Bobby Orr wins every trophy that he literally could win. You know, the Hart Trophy, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the Stanley Cup, the, 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 uh, the Norris Trophy. Like, every single... And, and it's just... Of course it had to have been Bobby Orr that scored that goal. You know, like, yeah. all of those moments in time, you just kind of look at it, and you're just like... Like, you just... Yeah, like I can't put it into words. Like it's just, it's just so beautiful, and like I, so I don't know anyone who hasn't seen that Hank Aaron home run. Yeah, ju- I mean, that 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 really truly follows sports. Even if you don't follow sports, I bet you you know who Hank Aaron was, mm-hmm. what he did, and have probably seen that. And it's just
0: I mean, you you may not have known. you've probably seen it, but not uh, yeah, not know maybe you didn't yeah. know the context or maybe like knowing knowing the context knowing these these things these ties not only to the ties that he had actually to Babe Ruth and that they played for some amount of time on the same in the same organization but Babe Ruth really changed the game Hank Aaron changed the game Babe Ruth made in America made sports bigger than sports because sports really weren't uh, they weren't as big as they are without without Babe Ruth. You don't have football, you don't have the NFL, you don't have like you, you don't. The World Series was a thing before Babe Ruth, but you don't have this uh sports complex being what it is in America because Americans at that time were coming on the t- you know coming out of the tail end of a pandemic and needed. Uh, an escape and Babe Ruth provided that escape and funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're looking at the Hank Aaron situation. There's a lot of turmoil in the country. And for a lot of, for a lot of sports fans, Hank Aaron provided that escape. Mm -hmm. Just, just the, the, even just knowing that and not knowing like he could have been teammates with Willie, Uh, Willie Mays. He could have, you know, like, even if you just know that, yes, right, yeah, it completely changes how you watch that. Absolutely,
1: it's 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 incredible. So, yeah. So this is this is one of those things that I know that this has nothing to do with the Dallas Fort Worth sports news at all, but really it does. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. it does. Yeah. Just because this this would be this this will be the same thing that we do if we're still doing this whenever Michael Jordan dies. You know, like we'll oh, like God. we will dive way way oh. deep into that too. That'll be hard. Like, dude, and
0: uh, speaking... By the time this releases, by the time it that will this release releases, on Kobe's one-year anniversary. Yes,
1: this will be releasing on the death of Kobe Bryant's one-year anniversary. And, like, you want to talk about a death that just, like, really just rattled me to the core. And here's the funny thing about the Kobe Bryant death. Is that I remember hearing that he was in a helicopter crash before I heard that he died. And my brain went to, oh, Kobe Bryant survived a helicopter cla- helicopter crash, which is crazy <laughs> to think about because who, can su- who survives a helicopter crash? But Kobe Bryant was the mamba, you know, like he was the guy that just transcended everything he really was Superman and then I got a notification on my phone about an hour later that said Kobe Bryant has died in a helicopter crash and that's whenever it really got real like the thought that he died in that crash never even crossed my mind and so now we're here a year later and it's just so funny to think like how these two iconic sports figures have died pretty much a year apart from each other like it's just it it's just insane. Uh just another storyline that you just cannot write, and it's just the world is now a far worse place without them. It just is just because of everything that Kobe Bryant wanted to do, and I know that Hank Aaron did everything that he probably could have done in his lifetime, but just still, yeah, yeah, knowing that someone like that was just out there and just ready for us to either pick his brain or just to reminisce on something that maybe the history books have kind of forgotten or whatever it's just nice to just know that they're there yeah and and now they're not and it's just a sad world it's a it's a sad day not just for sports but just for the world it just really is and this is it's moments moments like these where people are like why do you get so into it it's just sports like it no it's not no it's not and here we are bearing our souls about like what sports mean to us and it just it's just it really is, even though we've been spending the last 15, 20 minutes talking about it, it's really so hard to put into words. Like, it, like we've been talking about it for 20 minutes, and we still haven't done it justice.
0: No, not We'd even have to close. sit here and talk for like a month to kind of do it justice. Not even close. Like, I, I, when I heard that Hank Aaron had passed, what I wanted to do was come home and record like a, uh, just, you know, just me talking as kind of a... Uh, Memorial? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. And then I was like, well, nobody's going to hear it. And I I could go on and on and on. And it's really going to boil down to one of the people who made sports so impactful in our country is gone now. And...
1: I mean that's our life, yeah. You know, like that's that's just our life. Like, cause you you grew up playing baseball. I grew up running, like track, cross country, but I also mm-hmm. played basketball too. And so it's just it, it was it was it's always just been something that has been embedded. And I played football in like middle school. You did too, and yeah. it but, but but still, like we 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 found what drove us and what made us passionate, uh, mm-hmm. not made us passionate, but really drove our passions. Yeah, and. We had our heroes
0: mm-hmm.
1: that really helped drive us towards that. So, and it's kind of like it really is as close to losing a parent a, a, as yeah, as we- actually losing your parents. Obviously, it's not on that same scale because Hank Aaron was never here to raise us. They like Hank Aaron but, never knew our secrets and all this but shit. But st- still, but still, they,
0: they're just the inspiration that you can draw from. Yes. The person, the way they played the game, how they the interviews that you've seen of them, how they handled themselves, how they handled themselves, the records that they set, the 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 accomplishments that they that they had that is inspiring into for that person to be gone is almost like being forced to say that they can no longer inspire you. And it's Mm, that's not really it's not really true. Yeah. It's not really true. But they're not going to continue to do things that will inspire you, and that's yeah. that's the sad part. It's it's
1: it's kind of crazy to think like what 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 else was really left on the table, right? Especially I mean, was, with especially with Kobe Bryant, with but Kobe, with, yeah, but but with with Hank Aaron too. Like what what else could have been left on the table? What else could yeah. he have done with his with his remaining years if he would have lived another ten years? Like maybe nothing, but we'll never know. But like his impact on the world is just. It really is like like a top five impact on the world. Whenever it comes to sports figures, like it just yeah. really is, and it's just it it's just so crazy to think that it's no longer there. Like I don't I don't know. It's just it's just hard to describe. You know, like the
0: yeah. I mean, if if we're if we're talking about like the top five impacts that sports figures have had on the world, it's like Babe Ruth, and this isn't ranked. But Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, I would say, um, uh, LeBron. Probably you got. I mean, I would say Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ugh. So I, we're talking worldwide
1: impact. I I understand. I understand. But really, with whenever it comes down to stuff like that, like you have to. I, I think Cristiano Ronaldo inspired a group of soccer fans. To or a a group of people to play soccer, but whenever it comes to actually having like a true impact on the world and changing like the trajectory of history, not just inspiring people who aren't just fans of your sport. Yeah, I think I think so. I think I think I think Ronaldo like 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 if he were to pass, I think that I'd be like that sucks, but I wouldn't like feel it. You know, like I think if Gretzky passed, I think if Jordan passes, Kobe passed, like that's one of those things where you like feel that Hank Aaron passes you feel that you know so it's just it's so hard but I mean I definitely would say Babe Ruth for sure is 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 up there
0: um I mean it just just because you you think about it like growing up the way that we did we just always assumed that sports figures are like this you know this upper strata like otherworldly kind of public figure you know we just always assume they're rich and famous but a hundred years ago that wasn't the case Mm. Yeah, they had like, to work jobs re- in the offseason. That really, really... It didn't start with Babe Ruth, but that's when it became like, oh, they're they're not just, you know, a full-time baseball player. They're a celebrity. That's what... Ba- Babe Ruth pioneered the sports icon celebrity. And Hank Aaron... Hank Aaron used what the foundation that
1: Babe Ruth laid for him and took it to another level it, it, it wasn't it, babe ruth babe ruth redefined the sports athlete and yes. the impact that they can have on this world yeah hank aaron took that and took advantage of it yes he 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 showed what an athlete can do because, to change the world because
0: at the end of the day babe ruth and babe ruth said you know all he was out there to do was just play baseball yeah and he wasn't out there to try to make the world a better place or anything like that
1: Clearly, with all the shit he did off the field. No, yeah.
0: Hank hey, Aaron. Yeah. That's what he was trying to do with the Bible. Yeah,
1: it's definitely. I just and, and succeeded, man. Yeah. So 100% succeeded. So, Hammer and Hank, man, we, we fucking miss you, dude. And um, we know you were a longtime listener of the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, I, I, I feel comfortable speaking for both of us, but I just like to say that uh, thank you. For everything that you did for yeah. not just the sport of baseball, but for the world, um, and uh, and we'll miss you. We will. Oh, yeah. Well,
0: do you want to wrap it up?
1: I'm just gonna somberly wrap it up with a uh, with a wrestler that I think that a lot of people will recognize. But it's I'm not gonna get all crazy and emotional about it because I just a somber a somber one would just be kind of good. Just to kind of get try and have you. <laughs>